looking. Lovely, thanks a lot. <laughs> Ever the pearl. <laughs> <laughs> do, do me best. <laughs> It's Andrew from Tune Talk Radio, live and exclusive from Gateshead, overlooking Newcastle upon Tyne. You can catch the show this evening on www.toontalk.co.uk, uh, and you can also listen on FM uh, for Nova Radio, www.novaradio.co.uk, or you can actually call into the show 0191-538-9781 live into the studio. Well, it's been an interesting couple last week with the transfer window closing. And also the, the players coming in, a, a draw with Burnley in midweek. And now we have a, a draw on Saturday, on Sunday with Crystal Palace. We've had the Rafa situation. Is he going to go? Is he going to stay? We've had the flag situation where they proudly put out there what, what uh, Kevin Keegan said with regard to Mike Ashley. Lots and lots of stuff going on in Newcastle. It's never ending. And hence why I've got... Um, my, my co-host this evening in Neil Mitchell in Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. I'm well. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, um, obviously, lots of things happen in Newcastle. And uh, I'll bring in my main guest this evening with Ian Dark. Football commentator. He's a legend, of course. We all know Ian. But commentator for BT Sport in UK and for USA in national games on ESPN America. Good evening to you, Ian. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Yeah, very well. Nice to speak to you again. Yes, nice, uh, nice to have you back on again. I'll, I'll get to, I'll start the process. What I'm going to, obviously, the first thing that happened, well, uh, you know, overnight, um, there's a, it's a two-pronged issue. Uh, I, I think, I presume everybody watched the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw the uh, I saw the first bit of it, and then it was uh, <laughs> then I had to go to bed. But I've got, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest of it on uh, on the highlight reel. <laughs> Did you watch it, Neil? Other way around for me, you know, I missed the first half because I was in bed and then got up to watch the second half. So I missed some, isn't it? Full game between me. That's 15 love to you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the the problem, obviously, I watched it like you, Ian, until about 2.30, and that's, that's, it was a great game, I must admit. It's, but, you know, the, I think it's easier to watch it in America, the American stream because the English one, they talk a lot, but... The American one, they kind of just go go with it, and it's it's a constant stream. So, but the one that's the thing that's come out of it, which surprised me really, um, is uh, Tom Brady, the All American hero. Uh, you know, for me, he's the <laughs> he's the killer, isn't he? He's the the arch villain uh, who seems to uh, kill teams who are underdogs over the previous years. Five Super Bowls, uh, obviously a, a legend in 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 that sport, but. Uh, very disappointing to, to hear that he he didn't even like nearly didn't and I'll get to Ian but he didn't even shake the hand of um, of the the opponent which is very 
strange. In, interesting character, oft-maligned. Um, the one comment I will make, and I could say this about a number of people uh, in other sports, often good winners are very bad losers, and that's why they're good winners. Mm. And and so, um, but as a, as a game, it, basically everybody forgot how to defend. Uh, mm. That was bonkers. Over a thousand yards total offense in 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 a Super Bowl, unheard of. You know, um, Brady passes what 550 yards nearly, and mm-hmm. is on the losing side. Bonkers. That's bonkers. And, and I have to say that the, the winning play, or the play that effectively won the game, to 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 cause the fumble. What a hell of a play on defense! And as somebody who played linebacker for six years, <laughs> it's nice to see the defense getting the um, <laughs> get getting the plaudits for once. What did you What did you think, Ian, like, with regards to that? Because it was, you know, it's, it's like I, I, you know, you you see him coming out, and I'm, you know, he's coming out, he's 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 barking at the fans at the start of the game, which I think's pretty good. I must admit, he he doesn't hold back, does Brady? He is like a very, I think you have to be in that position, very confident, very stoic, and very, you know, full on aggressive. But you know, at least he's not desired because when when you lose. You normally rushing over, you you shake the guy's guy's hand. But the only thing I would say in, in defensive, as soon as that whistle goes, it's bedlam. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a great player and he's an icon, one of the biggest in, in sport in America. But I don't think there's a lot of excuse for it. Call me old fashioned. He's a serial winner. He wins a lot. It really shouldn't break his heart to just shake the hand of the opposition on this occasion when they've, they've been beaten. I think simple as that, really. So that's not a great example to set to all the kids in America and around the world who are watching the match. Yeah, because I thought, obviously, pre, pre the kickoff, there were, uh, he's obviously had lots of um, personal issues. His mum had cancer and they didn't know whether she was going to make it last year. And she came, obviously, thankfully she came through. But, um, you know, they, they build him up and to be this, you know, to be this brand of Brady and, um, you know... The only thing I can think of is that at the end of the game, it's bedlam there. You, I, I don't personally think that the press should be anywhere, shouldn't be allowed on there at all until until the players can actually soak it in and you know enjoy the the whole experience of it because it just comes across. Because obviously you 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 go out there, you do your commentating, but it is very in your face, isn't it? That and this is no way to to, to recuse what happened here, what Brady did, but. It, it it is completely bonkers at the end of every cup every cup final here now and and obviously in in the states it's a, it seems to be enveloping every single sport. Well, it's a media circus, and it's certainly that way in America, where the access to the sportsmen is far far greater than it is in England. For instance, in the Premier League, I don't think the media and the TV companies would accept the way it is in England, where there are still jobs worth on the gates, and it's still very difficult to, to get the kind of access you would ideally want to the players and managers. No, it's, it's not like that in the States at all. It's just a free-for-all. Anyone can go anywhere and interview anybody, including the locker room, as they call it. Yeah, because as soon as you go in there, you, you're more or less, um, you know, you, you can, they more or less haven't even showered, and they've got towels on, and you know, it, it's it's a bit of a straight. It always it comes across a bit strange, but but um, obviously we've had the the, tra- the transfer window end, and what have you made? Because I've, I've seen a lot of comments you've made when it comes to Rafa. We'll get to the Crystal Palace game in a minute, but uh, what did you think of 
then obviously Ian, uh, sorry, Neil will talk about uh, his side of it with Dubai. But what have you, what have you, what did you think of um, what's been happening with um, with with Rafa Benitez? Well, they're lucky to have him, aren't they? Newcastle United, really. Again, another transfer window's gone by, and they haven't really done enough again. This is this is we've had this conversation, Andrew, many many mm-hmm. times. This is a big club and no fans or no set of fans have got a divine right to success or to be in the Premier League or anything like that. But Newcastle United should be doing better than they are. As it is, they're going to be in a massive dogfight down there involving the whole of the bottom half of the table to stay up. I reckon it's going to take 38 points, but I had a quick look before I join you tonight at the remaining games and they've got to play Manchester United coming up. Uh, next weekend they've got Arsenal at home they've got Chelsea at home on the last day and they've got to go to Liverpool and Spurs as well so they're going to have to get some wins somewhere in the other games on on that run in it's going to be a mighty tight squeeze I think what did what you, you thinking Neil because uh, well, it makes a good point there with the amount of games that we've got uh, coming you, up I must admit spot on. our next three games are against the three teams which are one, two and three in the current form table and so that, that puts another perspective on it we are going to have to pull some rabbits out of the hat I genuinely think we're after the weekend's display where we've surrendered another lead, lead though I've got my other opinions and feelings about it we're going to talk about that in a bit surely um, we are going to have to genuinely pull some rabbits out of the hats, I think, because our next three games, top three in the form t- t- table in the division. Um, so you, you, you look at it and think, well, where are the points coming from? Um, it, it seems like we're all in on uh, on the new new striker we've got on loan. Uh, Ian's quite right again. We didn't do enough, anywhere near enough in that transfer window. And it was all scrambled in the last minute. Um, this folly of the, the, the chase by... Jurgensen, which seems almost mm. four, really, because I mean, how can a man who says people are wasting my time by not meeting my asking price for a football club then do the same and trying to buy a player and, and complain about it? I'm sorry, it, it, it's, it's that's what's called negotiation, um, and the people he has doing that aren't up to the job, and they've proved that for yet another transfer window. It's quite pathetic, really. What do you think, Ian? Because I couldn't understand. Why, yes, you bring in Slomani makes perfect sense, but keep Mitrovic anyway. Because it's, you know, the, even, even the barb that Rafa came out with, which I'm surprised he said it actually, but he said, oh, you'll probably go into the championship and try and look to score 25 goals for the season. And there's, only, there's like 12 games left in that league. It's, well, a, it's a bit unseemly, isn't it? Things to say. Well, he, he, I mean, Mitrovic was in a footballing Siberia, wasn't yeah. he, really, <laughs> yeah. with, with Newcastle. I think, I'm just looking at my notes here. His last <laughs> game was December the 9th as a substitute. So, really, he was out with the washing. The reality was he wasn't going to play. I mean, I'd have thought on the face of it, he was a handy guy at least to have around in the squad. So, now they've got Islam Slamadi, who wasn't getting too much of a look-in uh, at Leicester City. He is a good header of the ball, and, you know... Maybe, maybe with something to, to prove, he will do the trick and produce a few more goals than they've been getting from their uh, strikers so far because Gale hasn't really delivered it in the Premier League and now the team. Um, 
and and Hosselu, who was a bit of a surprise signing, really. He didn't rip up, rip up any trees at Stoke. And what has he got? Four or five, I can't remember, not many. Um, so it is a problem. I, I covered them in the Cup, OK? It was an FA Cup tie at Chelsea um, last week. And, you know, they gave it a go for half an hour, but there wasn't a lot there. And I think if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be a little bit worried about that. I, I think yesterday at Crystal Palace, I know they were ahead, but second half they were pretty much on the back foot. I, I do think that's a good point. I know people say after games like that, oh, well, it was a result that didn't really suit either team. But the way it is down at the bottom, I think Roy Hodgson's got it right. All of us have to think that every point is a point one. That might be, in the end, the point that keeps Newcastle up. Neil? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the minute... There's so many teams involved, and, and what often happens in situations like that is teams kill each other off. Mm. So one week somebody's up, and then they're back down again. Um, and I think this is going to grumble on and on and on, and I think we're going down to the last two or three games before you see any kind of clarity, because there seems to be no team prepared to put a run of form together at all. You know, um, teams seem to be climbing the table when they lose sometimes. It's quite weird. Um, I think a point gained, yes, frustrating in the way that two two points were lost because that, frankly, in my opinion, is one of the softest penalties I've seen given in a long, long time. Um, that looked like a linesman who was desperate to have his his Mike Dean moment and be on telly. Uh, he couldn't. His his body language and the way he used that flag were quite weird to the point where Chelsea fans sitting in the bar watching with us said, "If he got a fiver on Crystal Palace, you know, it was." <laughs> Um, it was noticed by by fans of other teams that there was mm-hmm. something weird about the way that decision was made. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, Ian, they, they didn't even they didn't even um, the Benteke, They didn't even they didn't even like uh, appeal for the penalty. No, it was. I mean, it was. It, it looked it looked a softish one, but it, it's given, and that's the truth. I mean, and then there was another one really where they might have given one against Shelby. So, on the balance of that of that game. Um, I, I do think it was a useful point because Crystal Palace have been definitely going the right way. Um, I mean, that was, that was another thing that would worry me a bit, I think, as, as a Newcastle, if you're a Newcastle fan, that some of those teams down there now are beginning to pick up. Swansea mm-hmm. in particular. Yeah. Palace have been going the right way for quite a while now. Uh, Brighton had a great win. Huddersfield and West Brom are jumping. Now, West Brom are four points adrift at the bottom, so maybe they're not going to get that back. Uh, Huddersfield dropping like a stone, so it might just come down to one other place between all those teams just above those two. I think the one thing I, uh, I noticed with the, with the weekend was when you look at Huddersfield, they were getting lots and lots of applauds, weren't they, because the way they were beating lots of teams. And now with West Brom, with our friend Alan Pardew, um, or Pards as he's called in the media, um, the, the interesting thing for him is I think when when uh, Pulis left, there were two points above the uh, above the, the bottom three, so yep. they were still quite handily. And now since they've been, I think I think you actually mentioned this afternoon, didn't you? I think they become more expansive, yep. and they're now leaking goals. And but then you throw in the fact that they played so much so well against Liverpool in the in the cup, so it's it's very. This is the thing, isn't it, with America not having having relegation itself? When it, when we've got it here, it takes up, it takes over our whole life, every single game. And now, 
we're, we're in February, and every time you see your relegation uh, team playing another a team of you, you're, you're basically look, hoping that they win. It's 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 crazy stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think though the way you've got to look at it is, I think looking at that table and the maths, it's going to take 38 points will keep you up. I'd say this season. So that leaves Newcastle United, by my reckoning, needing another 13 from their last 12 games. So you can see that a draw is not the end of the world if, if that's the equation. I reckon 38 points does it. What's, do you, you agree with that one, Neil? Because it's, it's a very... Like I must it's, admit, at the start of the match, you'd take a draw, wouldn't you? That would be a high-ish number by most seasons, but this season's so bloody odd. I think you've got to assume the worst and hope for the best. Um, and, and this is the, uh, the, the these are the kind of maths that must be going on daily. I mean, God, this this current trend for a lot of uh, websites and, and 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 things to carry the table as it stands, and in five minutes, I think and at, at, at the weekend we change places something like six times. Um, it, it's just bonkers, and so I think um, we just have to assume that we'll set the bar high to our own standards and then let's see what, what comes of it. But I think, uh, I think, like I said and said before, you're going to see some of these teams kill each other off and drag each other back into the mix. Um, I, I think the unusual thing this season is I don't think you'll see somebody dropping like a stone suddenly being dragged into it. I think everybody in that bottom ten are in it for the duration. Yep, I'd agree with that. And um, I think those, I'm looking at it, those home games that Newcastle have to play yet against Southampton, Huddersfield, West Bromwich Albion, if they could win those three, there'd be nine of the points that they'd be looking for. Um, I'm taking them off people around you as well. I mean, that's yeah. the, your veritable six-pointer, to use an overused phrase, but these, these are the key games. It's looking at those, and then where can we pick the scraps up? Um, and, and Rafa will have it no doubt, like he's done before, you'll have a, 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 a little little plan in mind about where those points should be picked up. But I, I genuinely think that entire bottom ten, it's going to be everybody, if every man for themselves until the last season. It last a few weeks. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's, it's just, just going to be a photo it. finish. I think, Isn't no it? doubt about yeah. it. I think it, even it might even go as it's done once or twice to the last five minutes of the season. Oh, Fantastic if you're a neutral, by the way, <laughs> but absolutely <laughs> horrendous if you're a fan of one of the teams involved. I'll just stock up on the beta blockers now. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got to get, obviously, the, the, the question I've got of the start of last week when, when it came down to the, uh, the, the strikers coming in or strikers not coming in, uh, I must admit, for fifth, around 25 minutes last Monday, I think Monday, Tuesday, um, I think most Newcastle fans were jolted into the news that Daniel Sturridge uh, looked like he was coming to Newcastle on loan. Um, and then, hey, hey-ho, within another couple of minutes, um, he's going to uh, West Bromwich Albion. Now, West Bromwich Albion are four points, uh, I think they're the bottom of the league, aren't they? So, um, when it comes to get, needing players to get you out of to get you goals, um, they've they for them to get one of the best strikers in England and not and us not to get him, that was a shocker for me. What what, what did you think about it, Ian? 
Well, yeah, it's no doubt about it. It is a coup for West Bromwich Albion to get to get Daniel Sturridge in the position that they're in. But he's a Birmingham boy, isn't he? Yeah, and I yeah, think he's got a few mates down there, and yeah. he probably liked the sound of the the sales pitch that um, that, that Alan Pardew was giving him, and, and and that was that was enough in the end. Uh, maybe this is where you suffer, I think, uh, if you're Newcastle United, and, and there are not big signings coming in he might have looked at that team and thought well that's going to be pretty that's going to be pretty that's going to be pretty touch and go up there and he just preferred West Brom in the end so I mean it surprised me because you wouldn't have made that choice or not many players I think would have probably made the choice that way around but unfortunately for Newcastle um, it did you never know the way things might work out though maybe Slimani is going to plant a few headers in the back of the net between now and the end of the season and get a couple more than Sturridge who does by the way have a dodgy injury record yeah Neil well yeah I think I've, I've retweeted or rather reposted something one of my uh, physio connections on LinkedIn had about Daniel Sturridge's injuries and it doesn't make great reading it really doesn't uh, and I think having been that's the one thing that I, ha- I had in my mind we were talking about it out here because uh, one of the lads who, who you know Andrew knows John Carver quite well oh yeah uh, and they'd had an exchange yeah. um, they'd had an exchange about about uh, uh, about storage after they'd signed after he'd signed for West Brom because he was hoping storage would be the answer for us mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think um my doubt all along would be you pin your hopes on staying up on him and then he pings his hamstring after two <laughs> games. Um, and and they, put, game they put him in, didn't they, Neil? Um, they mm. put him into the starting lineup, West Brom, on Saturday. They dropped Jay Rodriguez, who's been getting goals and been wow. in form. Bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, Sturridge started, he didn't score, and they lost 3-2 at home to Southampton. Yeah. and, and, and it, Odd decision. Really odd decision, but as has come out this week, um, during the transfer or during the, as the transfer window closed, people are saying some of the reasons why players don't end up going on loan on places, and that sometimes the loaning team has stipulations on how many games they must start. Mm. Yep. Um, and yeah. so, you know, West Brom might not have had a choice. Part of the condition from taking him from Liverpool may be if he's fit, he plays. But taking Jay Rodriguez out, who seems to be banging them in for fun. Mm. At the expense of him, seems well. It's a Pardew decision, isn't it? Yeah, they could have played twice, both of them, couldn't they? Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. they were at home. They were at home in a winnable-looking home game. Absolutely. Yeah, I Absolutely. think that's and the yes, thing with Pardew, it. isn't it? I think he, it's you know, like it's an easy to me. That's an easy decision to make, isn't it? It's like you've got a striker, a striker on form, playing well. You, you slip in the guy that you know has got a got a bit about himself, and you know. I I still couldn't I I would have thought they were, this is the problem we're, we're, we're playing catch up because I I think we were linked with Troy Dean as well Ian and yeah. he allegedly wouldn't come because he he didn't know if Rafa Benitez was going to be there till the end of the season either and uh, that that's the thing if, if it's a trickle down effect that players are finding out you know if they're, if they're not sure about the manager uh, when it, when it, obviously the, when the banner came out on Wednesday. Very impressive banner, wasn't it? But it's it's funny, isn't it? You, it we've got an owner. Well, what's your thoughts on him? Because obviously I've seen lots of articles lately, and uh, you know, especially the Amanda Staveley situation, where 
you know, allegedly went on TV, went on Rang of Sky, and he he called it all the names under the sun. Uh, you know, he, I've, it's surprising. People are saying it's it's no surprise because he basically anything he does with Newcastle, he's guaranteed in his pocket ninety million pounds every season currently in the Premiership. So he's sitting mighty handily uh, on a, on a lot a lot of cash, but then then you hear that he's you know that he's not really connected with Newcastle. He's undercutting everything at Newcastle. Everything about him screams, especially the window, that um, he wants out. He wants out very adamantly. Wants out, but nobody understands. Well, okay, if you want out, you want to be able to. You know, get on with your next with your next project, whatever that may be. But why why would you not strengthen the team and just in you know the one thing he seems to like is the fact that Rafa's there and that gives him uh, a great control because he he probably in his mind he just thinks well Rafa's there Newcastle won't go down. Well, that's a, a risky line of thinking, and it costs a lot of money to go yeah. down. So it's it's in his interest if he if he is still. Uh, getting some kind of income from from Newcastle United uh, to strengthen the team, even if the spending is on a relatively modest level. I mean, this this is a damning stat, which are, you'll know better than me, of course. That Michael Owen at sixteen and a half million mm-hmm. is still Newcastle's record signing. Yep. Goodness me, that was thirteen years ago. <laughs> Most clubs with a kind of rampant inflation in the transfer market have broken their record transfer signing probably four, five, six times um, since we, then. So yeah, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't understand why Mike Ashley wants all the hassle that he's getting mm. being in charge of Newcastle United. Why doesn't he make the sale uh, to somebody who maybe is going to strengthen the team and, 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 and give the fans what, what, what they're, they're craving for? But obviously he didn't like the size of the cheque that Amanda Stavely was offering. That's, that's what it looks like on the size of it. So I don't know whether that deal might be resuscitated in the coming months or what, but uh, I kind of know, I think, what the Newcastle fans think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on transfer records, I think the next longest record is six years in Chelsea with Fernando Torres. And after uh, after that, you're talking, you know, I think nearly everybody's broken that transfer record in the last year. It's it's nuts. It's it's outrageous, really. Um, and I, and I think today we've had a curious piece by Luke Edwards, which is kind of a something and nothing piece. It's sort of no real new info, but it's like he's almost dissing the piece last week about interested parties being other interested parties being there. He implies that the curry curry meeting was an ambush and not previously, uh, as previously reported, that something set up through a mutual friend. I think. You're so which, which is the truth there, and where's he getting that info from? Mm-hmm. Uh, no increased offer, and they're waiting on the TV deal to be announced. And the only thing that's new in there is, is he's now saying he would accept 300 million up front, which, mm-hmm. um, do you know what? I've heard this before, and you know where I'm going with this, Andrew, and we know what happened then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found an excuse to put the, put the price back up again. Um, it's, this is history repeating itself. It's mental. It doesn't make sense mm. to me. Mm. Yeah, you have to know what the price of the club is when you don't know what division they're going to be in next season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think... Um, actually, I'll, I'll, 
Yeah, it's a bit of a. I've I've got to bring, I'll bring in a quick guest. Uh, he's just uh, his name is uh, Andrew um, Murdy. Good evening to you, Andrew. How are you doing? Oh, how are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, Andrew, you obviously with Ian Dark, uh, you know, football legend over here. So, uh, any, any questions? Any questions for for for, for Ian? Uh, just really, um, kind of a, a, a summing up of where we are. Really, um, uh, hello Neil as well. It's, 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 uh, hello I'm Andrew, there. long time mate. How are I you? Hello, hello. How's things? <laughs> good, man. Good, good lad. Nice to hear from you. Um, yeah, just my biggest frustration is um, a lot of points have been left on the pitch this season, um, especially what you know, where home games against uh, Brighton. Uh, Bournemouth had so many chances in those games to uh, well to be outside at half time really and it might sound quite harsh but I honestly think that the signing of uh, Slomani that could be the difference between us staying up and going down because we know Jocelyn and, and Gale you know they're not going to get the goals they try their hardest but they're just not and I think you the only kind of chance we have is is um, Ismail Slomani. And I, I think it's a bit of a coup, actually. I mean, if you go on our our previous transfer dealings, in, especially in January, <laughs> it's been a very successful uh, transfer window, really, when you think about it. I mean, we've got a £29 million striker. So does he think Slomani can get the goals forward and um, keep working? I think he needs a run of games, Andrew, to, to answer your question. And he hasn't been getting that at Leicester City. He's been shuffled back in the queue that they brought in Ian Nacho, didn't they, this season. He's starting to hit a bit of form as well. He seems to be ahead of Slomani. Of course, they've got Vardy there. They've got Okazaki there as well. Um, so he hasn't played that often. I'm looking at it. He got a couple of goals in the League Cup. He got another one in the... Another one against Liverpool in the League Cup. He scored another one against Leeds in the League yeah. Cup. And he scored one Premier League goal against Huddersfield. And I think that's the last time they've started him in the Premier League. And that was on the 1st of January. So, but I tell you what, I mean, he, he plays for Algeria. He's Riyad Mahrez's mate. He arrived with a big reputation. There's goals in him. He just might need a run of games to really start to motor and deliver. And he's a lot better than what we've got, in my opinion. I mean, he's not totally 100% experienced in the Premier League, of course. But if you look at the games he's played, I think it's, I think he's only started like 15 games, and he's got like eight goals. So, you know, that's a good return. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing is you've got Kennedy there now, and Kennedy yeah. is a very good crosser of the ball. And if you've got Slimani, there's absolutely no point in having him unless you're going to get some crosses to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a bit of quality about him. Has uh, has that uh, from um, from Chelsea? Yeah, so he's a good player. I was going to say, uh, Ian, when it, and obviously I get to Neil in a second, but when it comes to um, the, you know the like, poor Jocelyn, what's your thoughts on him? Because like I, I must admit, it was he missed that penalty on Wednesday, and you know the, our normal penalty taker is um, is that Richie. So because. It's just sickening, really, isn't it? He, he seems to... He comes across to me as one of these players... You, you, you bring him off off the bench, predominantly. But the problem is, because we've had, no, we've had nobody else, essentially, we, we've, had to play, we've had to play him 
uh, more or less, uh, well, he's, he's played 80% of the games, hasn't he, Ian and Neil and Andrew? But he, it's just, you know, I think, like, I, I don't believe this flu situation, to be honest with you. I just think he must have been absolutely devastated after missing that penalty. But, you know, players are players. They'll, they'll think they're going to score a penalty. But to me, you know, I personally would have had Dummett because he's got, you know, he's a good, he's a good kicker of a ball and taking a penalty when, especially when Richie's not not there. But it's, you know, it's it's sad because you you feel like because Rafa hasn't been backed um, with with the strikers and the midfield that he wants. You know, you you're watching people who go there and who are struggling on the pitch, and with Man United coming to town, and there could be issues with the the fans, uh, you know, protesting. Uh, and you you wonder if 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 there's more flags go up regarding Mike Ashley, it it could turn it could be a real an issue on um, on when we play Man United. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea, really. No matter how much an unsettled feeling there is, and how much bad feeling, and everybody knows about that. I think really what the team and the club, and I'm sure Rafa Benitez would say and think this, and the players would say and think they need all the support they can get not to be playing in a in a chaotic atmosphere, no matter how strongly the fans feel. Um, to answer your question on, on Hosselu, uh, anyone can miss a penalty. Harry Kane did it yesterday, mm. so I wouldn't blame him too much for that. But really, I don't think he's good enough. No. Yeah, what do you think, Andrew? He's, he's not, is he? It's really... A, no. It's awful to watch, isn't it, half the time? You watch it, you think you're putting your, you're putting your hand over your eyes as soon as he gets the ball. Gets the yeah, ball. I mean, I don't think anybody can you know, question his, his work rate and, you know, and he's actually a good player holding up the ball and he's good in the air and he's intelligent on the ball, but just when it comes to having the confidence to put it in the back of the net, he just he, he just can't do it and some strikers have it and, and, and some strikers don't and it's not something you can teach, I don't think, he's just born with it and, you know, and I, I feel sorry for him because he tries his hardest, he's, yeah. you know, but he's just not that this is not not what we need, unfortunately. But it's it's this is a consequence of Mike Ashley's penny pension. Unfortunately, this is what we've been left with. You know? think, yeah, I was going to say, Neil, in the end, it's interesting. You, we watch the media, uh, obviously here, especially with the reactions of Newcastle. And I, I know it's hard for you to talk about it, but Ian, but when we watch people like when I when I listen to you on TV, obviously it's common sense. You always know what you're talking about, and you, you give you give, you give an, uh, you know a, a neutral's take on what's happening in Newcastle. But there just seems to be a steady, and I mean like a steady influence of people going on Sky and various other things, and they're talking about a guy of reverence in Mike Ashley, and everybody knows. I don't know why. I don't know how people can say they don't, but the fact that he's, you know, many at night on here we're, we're just absolutely exasperated by by what he's doing to to try and basically damage his brand, really. Because if you damage your brand, especially with the the fact that the flag went up there and he's supposed to have lost his temper again over the fact that it was up, so it doesn't take much to, to, to get him going. But uh, Andrew, he, he, the, the, the brand is already badly damaged and that's mm. why we're suffering on commercial income because certain brands who may be interested in advertising with Newcastle United don't want their name next to his companies. Mm. The it's brand right. has been tarnished massively. And I think this is this is why, when you look at the, the valuation put on the club by PCP Capital, 
again, I'll come back to it again. Why did they ask for over 26 years' worth of accounts? Because mm. they know where we were. They know where our peers were because they've looked at the books of Man United and Liverpool recently. And so, therefore, they know where we should be and we are nowhere near. Mm. Nowhere near. And a big part of that is the damage our brand has suffered through lack of commercial income because of his brands, because of stunts like Crowbar in the name off the side of the bloody ground. And all of that, all those stupid things that he's done over time, it's frustrating. However, Ian's quite right as well. We're walking this fine line now where, and having been at the forefront of protests and organising marches and God knows what else in my time, as you guys well know, um, it, we're walking a fine line about when does, when does, does do we go from this support the team but not the regime mm spill over to affecting the, the players on the pitch and it's a very very difficult thing to balance I find it quite amusing I see people who distance themselves from actions we did back in 2006 and 7 suddenly are now saying oh we need protests and we need this and we need that and I was like hang on a minute where were you 10 years ago? <laughs> um, bad yeah, 10 years it, which is quite interesting and curious uh, but at the same time I just think it shows the level of frustration that we're all at it comes back to the same thing, I think, um, Neil and Andrew, doesn't it, really? I'll repeat the point. I don't quite understand, I'm no businessman, why Mike Ashley still wants mm. to be involved with the football club. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's very much a... I think, I, I think it's just come to a head for him. I think last, obviously, when you, when you had that in, infamous interview with, with, with Sky saying, I want out, I want out, and fair enough, he... he Within a couple of days, he said, "Right, I want out." But like, it's. I think even Henry Winter, a respected you know journalist himself, uh, he 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 just he couldn't understand at all of why why he's still there, why he's not selling up. And but you know, it's, it, football is business. It's always been a business, but it's always about the feelings, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like especially like it's like it's like yourself with. Um, yeah. With Portsmouth, isn't it? Yes. It, it, it? Look, it, it, is, it is a business, but it's also a glory game. And yeah. nobody should ever forget that because it still riles me, and I'm showing my age here, but it still <laughs> riles me to see managers paying lip service to the FA Cup and then putting their reserve team out on the pitch. Um, you know, do they want to win the thing or not? But that, that, that's another issue. I, mean, I'm, I can remember, as you all do, how Kevin Keegan understood... Newcastle United and, and, and Bobby Robson, the late Bobby, a brilliant man, understood that that club belongs to the people of that city, maybe more than any other club. There's such knowledgeable fans who love the club to bits. I remember Kevin Keegan going out on the steps explaining why Andy Cole was being sold. Fans didn't like it, but he had the decency to go out and understood he, he did need to explain it. I don't think that bond is there at all. In fact, the trail is completely cold between the guy who runs the football club mm. and the fans of that city. That has to be wrong, and until that's put right, Newcastle United are always going to struggle to fulfil what they should be, which is a team challenging somewhere in the top half of the table. I was going to say, when it came, obviously when it comes to Portsmouth, like Portsmouth are now taken over by that gentleman from Disney. Yep. It's, it's quite ironic, isn't it? Newcastle are linked with Disney uh, back in the day when uh, Freddie Shepard was there and uh, we always thought oh well they're, they're going to come and bid but um, I think the difference with this Michael Eisner is that he is uh, 
doing it is he he seems to be doing it the right way he, he's, they're not splurging massive amounts of money they're, they're building they're building from the bottom up with Portsmouth aren't they yeah well as you know the, the, the club was put into the hands of the, mm. the supporters for four years mm. that the fans dug into their own pockets and saved the club from going mm. out of business so it's quite a story which is why when they got promoted last year uh, from League Two after four years in that intensive care unit down there, <laughs> they got out of it, and and that was that was for me that was bigger than winning the FA Cup to see Portsmouth promoted and and getting out of there like that. Now they're holding their own in in League One. They probably should have, probably the new owner should have spent maybe, you know, a very minor amount to just bolster the team a bit because they got half a chance of making the playoffs. But mm-hmm. now they've just got a few kids on loan and. Um, we're just going to poddle along in the middle of the table. But, hey, the club probably should have died. It's alive and it's going back the right way. So, you know, they're still getting 18,000 crowds, which is amazing in the, in the lower divisions. It's amazing how the mighty four, isn't it? They were up there. They were doing really well. And you had Harry there. And, you know, uh-huh. everything, was going, everything was going great guns. And all of a sudden, they spent above their means. And... <laughs> They nearly yeah. lost that club, didn't they? Yeah, but, My goodness. But not forgotten by Jose Mourinho, who out of nowhere at the weekend said the atmosphere at Old Trafford was nothing like Portsmouth. He still remembered the brilliant atmosphere at Portsmouth. So uh, <laughs> well, it, he, he's, he's won a few fans down on the south coast with that one, I think. Yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it, when it, when it comes to the, you know, the raw, when it comes to the raw passion of, of clubs, you, you know, Players, fans, they all plus the symmetry where where Newcastle is based. Uh, when it comes to you know the the centre of town, uh, that the one thing about Newcastle, you you like that fire. My goodness, the, the the amount of games that we'll win just on the fact that it starts somebody starts putting money into it and run it like a proper club. You know the the, the guys down in Manchester, London, they should be very very scared. I think because. They, Obviously, it's not going to be the, the same as uh, what they're doing in Manchester City, throwing all this money at it. But it is interesting to me. It's like you're now hearing. It just shows you how the, how crazy people are now. Conte's now complaining he's got too many players. It's it's a, you know what, where is this where is this guy where does this guy eat? What what is he what is he smoking? Oh, because you know to me, I I get the sense obviously di- divert from Newcastle. You get the sense that. He, I've heard for ages that his wife wants to go back to Italy, and um, you know it, seem, it obviously it seems to be coming coming to that. But I've never known a guy who gets gets kind of anything he wants to turn around and, and basically pick 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 at 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 the club, and he, he can get, essentially get any play he wants. But he's now complaining. It just shows you how the other half live compared to Newcastle, doesn't well, it? Well, I don't think he can get any player he wants. I, th- I think, to be fair to Antonio Conte, I think the point he's making, because ch- the, the top four operate real, top six operate in a, in a, in a different sphere, don't mm. they? That They're not spending the money to keep pace with the, the two Manchester clubs. I think that that's his point. But like you, really, it's very hard to have much sympathy. They got they've got they've got zillions of pounds. They got a zillionaire owner, and mm. they they spend pretty big, generally speaking. Even if they haven't in the last uh, well, I don't know, six seven months or so. <laughs> exactly.
Exactly. Well, thanks for coming on, Ian. It's been a pleasure to have you on as ever. I've had you on for longer than, than I expected, but thanks so much for coming on, and we'll catch you some other time. But I'll be in Australia the next couple of weeks, and uh, I, I hope everything goes well with you. We'll catch you back on the show sometime soon. Thank, thanks so much, Ian. Been a, a pleasure. Deal. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Thank Cheers, you. Man. Thanks a lot, Ian. Bye. Fantastic. Bye now, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye bye. Well, Andrew, uh, uh, thanks. You're new to the, obviously to the show, and I didn't even know that you you knew. Um, um, Neil, is that right? Oh yeah, we'll go way back, way back. <laughs> so, so tell me, you've, not, many, you? not many Newcastle fans I've not spoken to in one way, shape, or form over the years. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So obviously we, the match on Saturday it was again. You know, it just seems that you know, you know, you hear the commentators saying, "Well, Newcastle were a bit lucky," but I must admit we looked. I thought defensively, apart from later on the game where bodies on the line, which is true. Let's be honest, even though we, we, we got a draw, uh, just to watch the players really giving it everything. But I must admit, you can see Darlow is going to be out of that team quite soon because that penalty, even that penalty, he, could have, he should have easily got, he got two hands to it. But what was your thoughts on that then, I'll ask Neil? What, what did you think? Because, you know, he, he looks, he just, to me, he, he, he looks like he's... He, He's difficult to work out. I must be. There's so many goals that he seems to have got past him and let in. And but um, you know, you sense that Rafa's going to make that change to, for the new uh, guy from Spartak. Is this? Is this for you? Um, yeah. Is this one for me? All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Darlow's a hard one to work out. Um, I think he does some really good things, and then he, he does some stupid things like, you know. Uh, uh, the one against Everton when he just palmed the ball into Rudy's path um, mm. against Leicester. Mahrez has scored from 25 yards. It, you know, it went straight through his hands. A penalty yesterday, like you say, it was it, it, it was it, it was a good attempt to get it, but I think he should be saving it. Um, I've never been kind of agreeing with Rafa in, in, in as much as we need a new goalkeeper because I rate Rob mm. Elliott quite highly. Oh, yeah. I, I've never seen Rob Elliott really have a bad game or, or you know, throw one in like um like Carl Darlow has done but I think um he did some good saves yesterday but he's kicking one to pot a bit and mm. he seemed very nervous so I wouldn't be surprised to see the new lad in on Saturday. Sunday, sorry. Neil? You've hit the nail on the head. Kicking. Um no. Rafa from before the season started and this is why he went with wanted to get that Cabrero who ended up uh going to Chelsea. Uh, is he wanted a goalkeeper who was good with his feet. Um, mm. And that was why he brought the lad in from Anderlecht, because he allegedly was, and he turned out he wasn't. Um, he wants somebody who's confident with his feet. Darlow's kicking was all over the place again at the weekend. I'll give him the penalty. At least he got his hands on it. I think yeah. he was a little unlucky, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay. but When you get uh, two hands, or you shouldn't be letting it in, but the, especially the, when the it went... Well, yeah. the, the, how many have you saved, Andrew? Um, anyway. <laughs> Actually, my last two games I've saved two. Thanks very much. Oh, right. Yeah, I have as well. I thought, yeah, you've been strengthening your wrists again, haven't you, Andrew? <laughs> um, Here we go. Uh, Here we go. Uh, well, you know, I hear some strange shuffling on the end of this bloody line. Uh, anyway, um, back to football. Um I think that's what he wants, and I think that's what you'll see. This keeper is. I think the other thing about this keeper is he's physically dominating. I think he's six foot six or something, and he's he's a oh, big, he? I didn't know that. Lad, okay. and I, and I think this is this is something 
I think you want. I think in, in Elliot, we've got a good keeper who's part of the squad and a key part of the squad, actually. Mm. Um, but for a, a, a premiership keeper, he's maybe he's a little short in stature. Mm. Darlow was gone to Middlesbrough. And if Cabrera yeah. had gone in, Darlow was at Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, so you can see he's on borrowed time. Um, and I think I think he wants somebody to play in a certain way. Mm. Uh, now, the the signing of uh, he's a Slovak international, mm. um, and I think he's he's noted as, as being a keeper who's good with his feet. And I, th- I, think, mm. I, I see. I think that's what Rafa's wanted all along. This this style of a, a keeper who's confident and, uh, and able to play it off the deck. It's it's a uh, it's a strange one that he didn't put him straight in, but I guess the guy joined so last minute, you, you need at least a week to work out with your centre-backs. Who's doing what again? There's something else that he didn't do two or three times at the, at the weekend. He came for stuff when he, he obviously hadn't shouted and called and the defenders didn't know what to do. I think this lad will just flatten everybody. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. So, so I've, I've got Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum on the line. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Hi guys, I'm fine. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, obviously, it's been an interesting week at Newcastle, and we've had two draws in the week. And you would, you know, you obviously I think Burnley was probably more disappointing for for the, for the late goal we conceded. But uh, what was your thought? It's been so much going on. Uh, you know, you know what the situation with the transfers, uh, storage being linked, then going to West Brom. Uh, Newcastle getting a couple of players in. Allegedly, well, it's record, isn't it, that uh, essentially Rafa had to beg for these players to come in on a, on a phone call to Mike Ashley, which to me is good that at least they're talking to each other. But um, give, give us your take. Then we've obviously had callback, whinging behind the scenes. Um, I haven't mentioned this one to uh, Neil yet, but or the new my new guest tonight, and Andrew McCurdy, um, uh Steve, he's he's new to the show, so t- just tell me what you, give us your thoughts on on that torture bang, and we can all jump in when we to to, to talk about it. Well, I think I think the key to the key to the entire week is the fact that we went right to the wire. Yeah. We ended up bringing in a couple of players, um, and you know, for the life of me, I can't understand why transfer windows uh, when you've got 31 days mm. uh, to buy a player that it, that it gets to that particular point. And it's all down, let's face it, to the owner. It's all down to Mike Ashley. And uh, whether he wants to sell the club or doesn't want to sell the club is neither here nor there. Everybody could see, no matter who they are, that the, the, the team, the squad needs strengthening. And he refused to, to do it. And we managed to pick someone off at the very last moment. Um, absolute scandalous. Uh, you know, Rafa is, is literally running this team with almost two hands tied behind his back and a blindfold on, quite frankly, at times. Um, he must be, you know, pulling out what little hair he's got left um, when he goes home at night. I read in the paper that his wife uh, is quite happy for him to be up here because uh, he plays four four two on the with the, with the cutlery at home. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised he's not, he's not stabbing those knives into the table <laughs> in, in anger at the way Mike Ashley's treating him, quite frankly. I think the fact that every time he's he has his um I think he's I've heard that he's quite wary of Mr Bishop uh when he's at, in his press conferences and he uh he, he's supposed to be very you know suspect with him especially but I think when it 
I couldn't understand. Well, you know, there's a lot of people at fault for this, but when it comes to the jo- Jorgensen one, that that to me that's pretty good. And yes, you get rid of you get rid of uh, Mitrovic. Yes, but you, to me, you, you 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 have to bring if he brings in Slomani, he brings in the goalkeeper, and he brings in Kennedy, which is looking a, a great addition. You know, you bring in Jorgensen. At least that shows they've got a bit more about the team's got a bit more oomph to it. And even though I've, I've seen them score obviously a couple of goals, but the thing is, not to bring in another striker and getting rid of um, getting rid of uh, Mitrovic, you know, it, it is beggar belief because you know it 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 says two things: there is a deal and it's close because why would he not give money? Because he must realise. Plus, they've got the new um, the new television deal, which I think comes in on the twelfth or the fourteenth. Thankfully, I'll be abroad, but when that comes in, there could be a new offer. For Newcastle United, so you know I understand the concern of money, which we all understand that's his big motivation, but not to give Rafa Benitez the the choice, the man he wants to give a new contract to, which is a joke in itself. Uh, it's mind-boggling on every single level yeah, of, proper, of proper governance, really. Isn't you know it? what? You know what gets me, Andrews. People are saying, "Oh well, we're waiting for the new TV deal, and mm. uh, you know the, the TV deal could could be the one that turns it." But if he'd invested the 20, 25, 30 million pounds into the squad, that would have just increased the value of his, yeah. of his club. It would have, you know, increased the value of his asset. Uh, then with the, that would have just encouraged people even more that, you know what, I'm going to be picking up this club at, at 300, 350 million pounds. But look, it's now got 30 million pounds more of assets on, on its books than it had when I originally made me bid. All of those type of things that, from a purely business point of view, you would think would would reverberate in the mind of Mike Ashburn. Obviously, didn't. He's mm-hmm. he's not interested in your casinated other than whatever he can get out of it in terms of a sale. And he's he seems to have lost interest, and his mind is on other matters. Um, we'll never ever suss him out. I mean, we, we heard Ian there uh, trying to, to to you know get his head around Mike mm-hmm. Ashley, the businessman, and and failing. Uh, because he can't understand it anyway why he's involved. And that's been Newcastle fans for the last, what, seven or eight years now. Um, mm. Why is he still here? Why is he involved in the club? What does he get out of it? He can't get any pleasure out of what he does for Newcastle United. He doesn't even come and watch where anymore, you know. He's, mm. he's absentee landlord. He's absentee owner. Um, and it, and it, just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And, and now I think we're in a situation where if I was Amanda Stavely or anyone involved with PCB, I'd be looking and going, with the precarious position that, that club is now in, I've got no way of guaranteeing that the club's going to be staying in the Premier League next season. So, you know what? I'll just wait. I, regardless of, what, of the TV money, the TV money is incidental because I'm not going to be picking up that TV money because A, the deal isn't until 2019-2020 season. Um, so that, that this is this is a bit of a red heron. What's coming in in the future? Um, I've got no guarantee that the club is going to be in the Premier League next season, and then I've got no guarantee that Raphael will still be there to drag us back out in time for that TV money that's going to be generated the following year. So it, it just none of it adds up. And if I was PCP, I'll be going. Well, I'll just wait last summer. I'll find out where we are, and I'll come back and uh, and I'll reappraise the whole thing. And, and so be it, you know, because yeah. He, yeah. he's obviously doesn't want to play ball with us at the price that we're talking. Yeah, I was going to say, Neil, and I'll get it to Andrew the same question, but um, when it comes to 
And it, like obviously Peter Graves <laughs> mentioned last week that he believes when the new contract comes in, there's going to be a new bid from PCP who, uh, when it come when it comes in. What are your thoughts on that, Neil? Then Andrew can answer that one. Again, um, why should that that even come into play? If Ashley'd invested mm-hmm. and and done something about the squad that would give us more security, mm-hmm. then I, I I don't see why then the TV money. The only thing delaying the TV money seems to me is like I said to you last week. I think Mike Ashley has a magic figure in his head, and that will push the figure closer to his magic figure and that's what he hopes he still thinks there's some daft guy in the desert with 400 million burning burning a hole in the back of his candora or there's some lunatic chinaman ready to sweep in and pay over the odds you know a, a mark two tony's ear or whatever you know um they're not out there if they were out there incredible why are they waiting why are they waiting until the end of the season what does that say about their intentions so you know where we've got Try to be regurgitated by by certain members of the press, and equally other members of the press. I was quite pleasantly surprised by Henry Winter's comments. For example, yeah. um, I think uh, shows a, deg- a degree of football intelligence on Henry Winter's part, which is fabulous. Um, meanwhile, other elements of the media seem to be regurgitating the Ashley narrative, um, which <coughs> is talk sport. bizarre. <coughs> It's bizarre. It's bizarre for for Luke Edwards to drop this his article out today, which is which is a nothing article, and drags up stuff which was. I know he's been on holiday and he's not had his say, but that's that's by the by, absolutely by the by. This is this isn't even news. Um, you know what is it? Sun rises. Is that going to be the next headline tomorrow? Sun has risen. I must. Um, say, I haven't read his article, Piers. I can tell it. W- it wasn't that important because I didn't. Uh, I've had I've had nobody on Twitter talking about it. It's another article, Andrew. Steve and I mm-hmm. were talking about it on WhatsApp earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just it puzzles me. Where's where's that come from, and and who does it serve other than make Ashley to try and flush somebody else out and say, oh, oh, oh we're doing this again, are we? What do you think? What do you think, Andrew? It's, uh, it's, it just seems to be a not never-ending story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a bit quiet this takeover talk the last few weeks. Maybe, maybe it's just Luke Edwards wanting to stir a little bit, which he has in the past. Let's be honest. Um, you know, it's um, uh, is it Steve, the other gentleman on, 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 on the phone there? Steve, hi, yes, hi, hi, Steve. Hi, hi, Steve. Um, it's. Um, what you were saying before about, you know, Rafa pulling his hair out, you, and then you get people on Sky Sports and talk sports saying he should shut up and get on with it. Work that one out. Exactly. Wonder where that Where's comes that coming from? from? Yeah, exactly. And it's also, you get, you get an article in, in, a, in a, a local newspaper that, that quotes um, a, a, a guru in the, in the financial, football financial world who tells us that um, there are... Uh, Two, two, uh, two of that potential bids on their way, you know, two of that mm-hmm. other interested parties. Um, and that was, you know, that, that came out from an interview that that particular person did on another radio channel, um, an internet radio show that he does. Um, what the reporter failed to, to uh, elaborate on or explain or even delve into 
is the fact that we know that that particular gentleman um, is under the employment of, of Mike Ashley uh, Holdings Limited because he's working as an advisor on the sale because he's been involved in, in advising uh, Southampton um, and West Bromwich Albion with Chinese deals and he was approached by uh, Mike Ashley's team. So I'm, I'm amazed that the, the reporters didn't uh, you know, do their research and find that out uh, before and then added it, you know, by the way, one of Mike Ashley's uh, employees or one of his, one of his contractors uh, tells us this. It was it was put over as oh just a you know a man out there in the finance world. Um, that to me smacks of of um, stories being planted in the press mm. that Bob Dylan would say. <laughs> it's you know it's so disappointing that you know like in the in the era of you know people want transparency and you know you you want to be able to you know. <coughs> stories to come out of for whatever's going on in the world and everything coming out of Ashley he's planting he's trying to plant stories getting players to to go on TV and talk about Newcastle and even yesterday when I when I was listening to Jonathan Walters talking with um with Henry Winter um and then another another footballer who was talking common sense on Newcastle uh I then heard Jonathan Walters who uh, is West Bromwich uh, West player from West Bromwich Albion saying um, oh New, Newcastle don't know what you know they, they should be happy for what they've got and I'm, thinking, and I'm thinking to myself and I remember Henry Winter was on the same show and you know these guys just you know especially the Craig Bell one he's going on there saying whatever and then you got Wise as well going on there saying well he'll accept 300 million well it's quite obvious what's going to happen is like as Steve said when it comes to the the next round of money if the stories are coming out that she is going to put another, it's going to be 300 million um, without any clauses in it, and he probably will accept that. But um, it's it's strange that everybody wants to. There's words coming out there, and about everybody wanting silence. But you know, obviously Peter got lots of Peter Graves got absolutely pelters with regards to the transfer window. But uh, he has said that he, he expects on his good authority that after, when the figures come in for the next round of bidding, that Emad uh, Stavely will come in with another offer. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the offer, offer was less because if you'd read the article in the Daily Mail uh, that was out at the weekend talking about the TV deal, it said that uh, there were, it looked as though BT might pull uh, from being involved in future TV deals because it was oh, getting wow. too expensive. Yeah. Um, and it was also implied that uh, this current uh, TV deal that's been negotiated may not be anywhere near the sort of figures that uh, the Premier League were uh, anticipating. So um, yeah. there seems to be a bit of a, uh, a game being played out there in the, in the media as well as to exactly what this TV deal is going to end up with. Nobody, nobody actually knows, um, but... You know, I, I think figures of seven and eight billion pounds were being talked of, which is an increase from the I think current deal, which was five point six billion. Um, I think that uh, Mike Ashley's obviously anticipating going to be at the high end of some ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous billion figure. But uh, that article in the Daily Mail at the weekend implied that uh, people might be in for a bit of a surprise because uh, if the big Yankee players, the uh, the Disney's and the uh, the Amazons yeah. uh, and Netflix of this world uh, don't step in. Um, Sky uh, may not be pumping as much money in as anticipated, and BT may be pulling out, so or maybe not putting in the amount of money that they have in the past. So 
it's all it's all up in the air. It's all speculative. Um, it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be ridiculous uh, having dragged us through this and into this relegation mire that uh, we suddenly find that uh, he ends up um, having to accept a bid that's um, nearer the <laughs> nearer the stable. <laughs> Our current offer that was on the table back in November and December, um, it's uh, it's just a mess. What we've got to concentrate as fans is what's happening on the pitch and getting behind the team in the next uh, next few games. The big game on Sunday against Manchester United. Um, I read today that uh, Mourinho's never won a league game at uh, St James's Park, which I found fascinating. Um, Let's hope uh, that record uh, remains intact. <laughs> He's only ever won a cup game, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I started to lose you there. I've got, I had an issue on the line, but I think it's um, Dubai, I think, again. Every time I get problems, every time I, get, every time I can't hear anything, I know it's Neil. So Neil's gone for a second, but I'm sure you'll come back in uh, now that I can hear Steve okay. Well, that, that's the thing. It's going to be, I think, because of the constant background of the noise with regards to the takeover. At least now, it seems to be getting, it's gone quiet, so if if everybody is waiting for this TV money to, to come back in, and everybody's going to find out pretty soon what what these figures are, because they were talking insane amounts of money, Steve, when it came, when it came to Amazon, the Disney's, they said, you know, there's only so much money you can have, but, I think BT Sport have been putting in so much money into into the um, into you know into football. You know they they all. It just seems like obviously they're paying big money for presenters as well. Yeah. And and it it is it a better watch watching them and uh, you know you what you've got ITV and you've got BBC and like they're not gonna they're, they're quite happy to continue as they are and you know. You know, they've got the Master Day highlights. <coughs> well, you know what it is, Andrew? You, you look at it and, and you say to yourself, um, what, what, the, what the Premier League have done is they've offered more games. There's more games on offer. And by offering more games, they're anticipating that they'll get more money. It might not work like that. You know, they might find that uh, the, 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 the companies that are in there going, well, yeah, we're, we're happy to take more, more matches, but we're only, we're only willing to pay uh, on top of what claims uh, the continuing, uh, continuation of the million pound a game. We're not willing to pay some ridiculously extortion amount, you know, by adding a billion pounds here for what is extensively an extra 40 games, because that's what it is. I think they've increased their offer from, like, I think somewhere in the region of 164 live games to 200 or 202, something like that. Um, So the companies themselves are looking at it and going, well, hang on, what's our return? BT are tied in massively for the Champions League. You know, um, and BT seem to get the, the 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 rough end of the stick when it comes to kickoff times. Um, you know, they, they don't get the four o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. They seem to get the 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 half past five kickoff or the Friday night. Um, the, and, and that type of thing. You know, they they, they get maybe it's occasionally a half one kickoff, but very very rarely. That their their package isn't isn't valuable enough uh, for them to go absolutely hell for leather. Unless they can wanted to challenge Sky and take the four o'clock on a Sunday kickoff off them, which is the, mm. the the money earner, you know. And I think that's why that the, they've even offered uh, for certain clubs a, a seven forty-five on a Saturday night. Um, you know, mm. I don't want to go out on a Saturday night watching the match. You know, I uh, I want to be I want to be in the pub by then. You know, I want to have been in mm. the pub for a previous three or four hours from then. I want to be in mm. the pub from five, having watched a game at three o'clock if I can get away with it. You know. Um, 
it's uh, you know the, the, the plane. I don't know what the market is that they're looking for, but they're obviously not looking at, at the likes of Andy or myself or Neil or, or yourself, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at the Far East and they're looking at markets mm-hmm. in America um, and thinking that's where you know we're, we've got to look after those. You know the fan base is there. Well, Steve, you, you've just got to look at La Liga when they exactly, regu- yeah. regularly move Barcelona, Real Madrid, and the time it for golf <coughs> kickoff. Time. Yeah, it's at 12 o'clock, the isn't it? The time it around when convenient for here in the Middle East. Yeah. And you can guarantee that um, the Premiership's going to do that. We're going to have some weird kickoff times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You watch. We're going to have some bloody bonkers kickoff times. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, we don't have some of the problems with it being roasting hot through the middle of the day or something like that. But all, it, all ultimately it's going to do is mess the fans around. Yeah. We're going to have more stupid games that we kind of get the train to or kind of mm. get the train home from. We're going to have more games shifted late at short notice when people have already booked mm. flights and trains and hotels and maybe yeah. can't get their money back because they're, to get the cheap ones, you've usually got to accept that you kind of get your money back. Yeah, can, can I ask the, you, Neil, you know, you know that when you're in, in, the far, in the Middle East there aye. You, and you've got your... You, not your not your expat community who might go to a, a mm. country club or a hotel to watch the match, but what what sort of subscription fees is the the basic man in the street paying? Um, bearing in mind we're paying somewhere in the region of now on our packages, you know, seventy five, eighty pound a month. Is that the sort of figures that people are, no. are paying for for that? No, muck cheap, Steve. Yep. Muck cheap. You're talking. Last time I had a B in sports box, um, I had. I bought it for the package for the World Cup. There you go. So I bought bought a package that included the World Cup and the entire season thereafter, and I think I paid five hundred dirhams. So it's not it's not the man on the street that's paying. It must be the advertising revenue yes. that, the, that the companies are part yes. are swilling around that particular thing. Yes, absolutely. The, 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 the man the man on the street out here to to have a subscription to be in sports and that's that's all that channels every Premier League game. It's, it still only costs you around about six, seven hundred dirhams, about a hundred quid for the year. Wow! Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, and 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 so to do it that way, uh, it's almost like they've accepted here that streaming happens. Yeah. So we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna have people buy the nuts for a subscription fee. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna make the money in advertising. And believe you me, they advertise within an inch of their lives. Yeah. Um, there are certain adverts I am absolutely sick of the bloody sight of. Mm. Um, but it, it it is very much a, a different way of funding it to back in the UK. When I first bought a BN box with a card, I was gobsmacked. I think the first one I bought, I think only cost us 240 dirham for the year. How much is that for like, uh, yeah, five dirhams to the pound, aren't you? I work it out at about five dirhams to the pound, so you're talking about 50 quid, Andrew. Wow, for the year? For the wow. entire year. And that's all the channels. Wow. That's like um, 1 to 8, which are, uh, 1 to 10, sorry, which are Arabic, 11, 12, 13, which are English, and then there's one Spanish, one French, and then there's the American sports. There's about 20 odd channels in total. And you can spend at a weekend, um, and it's a different football watching culture out here. 
you're watching coffee shops and in shisha bars and as well as pubs and, and bars where more the expats go. In the building where my practice is, we've got a very well-known uh, Arabic restaurant come shisha bar, come cafe. Um, that has, every time I walk past that place, there's football on the telly. And, I'll, uh, and it'll still be open when I leave here tonight, and it's midnight when mm. I walk out the doors here. It'll still be open, and I'm telling you now, there'll be football on the telly. Mm. And you can yeah. watch 24-7, a game of football, live or nearly live, from anywhere in the world. Yeah, I noticed that, Andrew, uh, when I was over there in, uh, in September, October, the, the, the particular restaurant on the corner of the street from the, the hotel where we were staying and uh, we went out and it was playing a, 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 it was a Friday night and it was a French game on and uh, mm-hmm. come back there was then uh, there was um, Arab games on there was games from Egypt and then yeah. this this place most have had 15 or 20 large screen TVs dotted around and mm-hmm. they also had TVs outside for people who were sitting outside um, so that you, you, there was literally nowhere you could turn unless you wanted to watch the traffic um, where you you could sit and wouldn't be able to be in in view of a TV screen. It was amazing. When, when I finished work on Saturday, and yeah, I finished at about uh, six o'clock, so three three o'clock your time. Uh, sorry, no, two o'clock your time. I wandered <coughs> wandered over the road to where we usually gather here in Tigom, in in Goodfellas, Steve, where you you came and met Stu and, and the lad. Yep. Um, and there was a few were gathered in there. To catch, uh, we had rugby on one screen. We had one match on another screen. Another match down the bottom end of the bar, and the Leeds lads were in streaming their match through LUTV, Chromecasted to a screen in the corner that they keep for the Leeds fans. <laughs> and, and, and that is what it's like here. You've got to have, you've got to have eyes, eyes beside your eyes. You've got to be all over the place. Because it's so cheap. That's why. Because that's why. If, it, if it's hard anything to to you know to show it. Do you, know the, do you know the best thing I've, I've, I've done this year? Uh, out here for being sports. You know how when you're in a pub in the UK and they put a little beer glass at the bottom of the um, uh, at the bottom of the uh, uh, screen for the yep. the bar subscriptions. Well, out here it's a little coffee cup. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Are you watching lots and lots of football now, uh, Andrew? Obviously, I know, uh, I know it's your first appearance tonight. But uh, do you watch lots and lots? Are you able to, uh, you know, watch it at work, watch it on your handheld device? Is it is it all consuming like like it is to be a Newcastle fan? Um, I watch as much as I can. Um, uh, I kind of watch anything at work, unfortunately, because I work in the NHS. I wouldn't go down very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> But um, I'm, I don't agree with, you know, um, messing the fans around, but I love football, and um, the more football, the better for me. But that's just my, you know... For Saturday night, 7.45, yeah, I don't agree with that, like I must admit. It wouldn't bother me at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to watch it, you know, I, I like to go out and... Go out and watch it in the pub, you know. I just I, I have to I like say, it. I've, I've adapted now because of the time difference. Mm. For me, it would be quite normal to sit in the pub and watch football on a on a Saturday night because mm. that's what I do every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it does give a different atmosphere and it does give a different feel. 
um, how I would feel about it in the UK, um, I don't know. But I, I, again, are we just talking about a change in culture and a change in, in supporting culture? Because they happen over time. You know, but, but if we you, have you like the history of football, we've had so many changes in, in mm-hmm. fan culture. Um, and the, t- the three cock kickoffs, especially. Except yeah. with there's so much money coming in mm-hmm. from TV. It's good. Well, they don't know. That's the problem now. They don't even know now because if the bids are going to come in, they've got leaks and it's lower than what they expect. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be, it might be a shock to everybody that. It, it won't be, Andrew. The bottom's not falling out of it yet. It will eventually. Mm-hmm. And of course, who will they turn to? Well, we've just had Ian Dark talking about Portsmouth. The fans. It'll be us. It'll be us mugs that will come a cap in hand to. Or please, what clubs in desperation stakes, can you, who you've been putting your hard end in for years, and we've now just spunked it up the wall, can you put some more of your hard end in, please, and help <laughs> get out of this trouble that we've got in? We won't do it again, I promise, until the next time when we'll come and ask you to put more money in and, and keep this club going. The bottom's not dropped out of it yet. From the the, the 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 TV side of it, um, I'll be very keen to see what happens when we see the first sort of club owned by an oligarch. When the oligarch mm-hmm. decides he wants to put his train set away, what happens to mm-hmm. that club? Um, it'll be curious. The day you have to accept the money. It's not a bottomless pit of money. Mm-hmm. And so it will disappear from the game in one way, shape, or form eventually. But it, 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 I can't see, see that in the near future, mate. Yeah. I, I've got a question for, for Steve, and then we can all answer it. It, it was interesting, wasn't it, I, I, with regards to the players that uh, Rafa's let go in the, in, in the window. The one player I wanted rid of, and I'd probably, you know, with regards to the, when it comes to the, the wages, was uh, Jack Colback. It was interesting that he, I can't remember who interviewed him, I think it was Chris Wolf of, of uh, the Chronicle, but um, he talked to Jack and he, he seemed to insinuate that he was treated quite unfairly uh, by Rafa Benitez when I remember last year, I remember the last window, uh, he was told, you know, to find a new club and he didn't and he, he sat on his uh, proverbial and played for under 23 and then he's complained about the fact that he, he didn't play for the 20, 23s and obviously I don't know much about this but that stuck out to me over the weekend even though I haven't read Luke's uh, thingy but what was, your, what was your thoughts on that Steve and I'll get to Neil and to, uh, and to Andrew and then leave when he comes in well it's just, a, it's just a typical professional footballer isn't it who feels mm-hmm. as though he's been hard done by uh, and, and, and goes crying to the newspapers after the event after he's been uh, he's left the club wanting to have a pop and mm-hmm. uh, what what he failed to tell anybody was exactly why he was told he wasn't, <laughs> wasn't wanted anymore. I saw you right, I saw you right now, though. Oh, dear, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> from what I heard, that, uh, and whether it's true or not, uh, you know, I'm just, I just go by what I was, uh, what I was told, was that, uh, you know, words were exchanged um, that were very, very strong words on the training pitch in front of everybody. Uh, he let his opinion go. Um, and uh, and Rafa didn't like what he was hearing, and nor did the coaching staff. And uh, he was uh, he was banished to uh, to train with the juniors, and then uh, and told in no uncertain terms that he had no place at the football club anymore, and should find himself somewhere else. Uh, and he sat back and he picked up his fifty or sixty thousand pound a week, which hey, 
if somebody's paying me 50 or 60,000 pound a week, I'll sit there, you know, but as a professional footballer, there must be, mm. there must reach a point where you go, you know what, you know, my advisors are telling me that I should be looking elsewhere and um, we'll look for a payoff. We'll look, to, we'll look to move on. Um, the next the next deal I'm going to get isn't going to be worth fifty or sixty thousand anyway, um, you know. And I've been lucky to get fifty or sixty thousand pounds after Newcastle United, <laughs> because quite frankly, you know, he's lucky to get fifty or sixty quid. Mm. Some of the performances put in, and he wasn't he wasn't a world class footballer, and he didn't he didn't deserve that that amount of cash. Um, he got it because he came on a free transfer, and he and he had a very very good agent, no doubt, who managed to. Uh, to pull the wall over everybody um, at, at, at a time when Newcastle were looking for players and uh, and were awash with money, <laughs> you know, around about the time when we were in the last last thirty-five thousand pound in the in the transfer market. So, hey, Jack, feel free to, to explain to us why you think you are hard done by. What was the hard bit? What upset you? Uh, because you know, there's, there's lads like me who go to the match, who work, you know, five, six days a week, uh, put our heart and soul into our work, and so do the rest of the lads on the radio show here. Um, and uh, you know, they, they earn nowhere near that amount of money, um, have nowhere near the riches, and yet he, he, he considers himself to be hard done by. You know, I've never met a hard done by footballer yet. You know, until until they've spent all of their money. And they've got nothing left, and then they go cry and look for jobs in the media. Mm, exactly. You know. Interesting, one, one, thing, one thing Jack was lucky with was the fact that because he's been sitting on his backside doing nothing, he's been able to get his other arm tattooed completely as well. So <laughs> now he matches, doesn't he? You know. <laughs> so that as well. Well, I'm going to bring in my next guest this evening, and that is Lee Johnson, who's probably <laughs> lots to talk about when it comes to Newcastle United, uh, Mike Ashley, and. With the results of the weekend and also I'll Jack Callback. I'll, I'll nip out. Okay. Together. All right. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Yes, thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Cheers now. Bye bye. Thanks, Andrew, for coming on as well. I appreciate you coming on for your first time and we'll yeah, have you back on again. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers, bye, Andrew. Take care now. Bye bye. Um, nice of Andrew to come on. I, I, I didn't know you knew him, so nice to get him started off in the team. So. We'll have you back on again, Andrew, quite soon. So when I, it might be earlier because I, obviously I'm in Australia. But that brings in Lee Johnson. Good evening, Lee. How are you? All right, you? I not too bad. So a lot's been going on in Newcastle, and uh, we're obviously talking about lots of stuff. So tell me, what what, what do you think about the whole week that's been going on in Newcastle? <laughs> Just the norm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, performance-wise this week. Uh, should it be Burnley? Disappointed not to be Burnley, obviously. I thought we were a better team for the whole nine minutes. Um, I think, to be fair, <clears throat> I was very deflated when Burnley scored, to be honest, because it was right in front of me. And they got a, they were right, it was right in front of me, and they got a corner that wasn't a corner. And I turned to my mate and I said, they'll score off this. And textbook, they did. Because um, it was another kind of game of missed chances. Couldn't fault the effort, couldn't fault the work rate, couldn't fault the application. Um, much, like, much like yesterday... Thought we played well. Thought we had big opportunities at one 0 to maybe get the second goal and get out in front. And then, then we'll get then there's a penalty given against us, which nine times out of ten isn't given. But of course, this is us, so it gets given. Um, it was quite frustrating, but you know <clears throat> the players are working hard. We are picking up points. 
we are picking up a point here and there. If we can just turn some of these points into wins, I can't see why we're, we can't stay up. I think the key thing is we're creating chances. Um, Kennedy, Kennedy um, certainly looked good in the first uh, one of the big games that he's played. Hopefully, Slamani will hit the ground running. He'll give us something a little bit different. Again, I can't fault the likes of Jocelyn. Um I'd rather play Jocelyn at the moment over Dwight Gale. I don't know what Dwight, what's up with Dwight Gale at the moment, but um, if I'm looking at work rate and application, you certainly get more of that from Jocelyn at the moment. Jocelyn is actually getting himself in positions to score goals. The sad thing is he's not taking those chances. And if you're a centre forward who's not getting in positions, then I would, I would probably point the finger more. Jocelyn actually is getting in the positions, but, you know, He's doing exactly what a five million centre forward does. He doesn't necessarily take those chances, but he's still in your couple of top goal scorer. And I suppose if you look back two weeks ago or three weeks ago when we played, I think it was Swansea at home, he ultimately came on the pitch and nicked us a point. I think people kind of forget that. Um, so, all in all, performance-wise, I would say, even when we were struggling and not necessarily picking up results, what for the part when we lost three 0 we haven't really given games away. We've kind of stayed in them, but we have missed a lot of chances. And I just think if our luck turns a little bit and we can maybe pick up points here and there, mm. we've got a chance. There's no doubt about we've got a chance to stay in this league. We're not organised the game. We're not conceding many goals. But mm. it's frustrating because certainly Wednesday, yesterday, you would have took yesterday if we'd won on Wednesday, but we didn't. But, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. I think I see people's reactions when we're due yesterday. And I think, well, how are lads, man? Jesus Christ, Palace aren't a bad side. I mean, let's say, put Benteke, Townsend and Zahara in our team as an attacking three. How are Imagine the difference. But we've been left with what we've been left with. So we've got to get on with it. And Rafa's getting the best out of what we currently have available to us. Yeah. It's, I think... Um I think when it comes to like like you said, Lee uh, Neil, that Lee says um, that he's, you know, we're doing the best we can. It, it, the, the trouble is we are handicapped with not having the quality there. And I think uh, you, meant, you mentioned Josu, didn't you? I think um, the, the problem the problem is it's like this is going to be a re you know a theme. And I think that I think the home form is so bad that against. Against Man United, it'll be kind of looking through your fingers, Neil, when it when it comes to when they come to town, because you know they'll be you know on the front foot, and we'll have to play like we did against Man City. Really, would uh, would you, you agree with that, Neil? No, they're not that good. I agree. I agree. They're not, they're not that City. good, mate. They're, 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 they're not that good. Um, if we can be organised and and keep the work rate up. Um, I think we're going to upset and frustrate them. Yeah. Um, I, I think we'll be. I know we seem like we've gone all 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 in on um, Silmani, and hopefully mm-hmm. he can d- deliver the difference. Because there's games this year that we've drawn that if we'd had a somebody able to bang that ball in the back of the net and take the half chances that come the way we'd have been at least another four or five points better off at this stage. At least. I'd say more. Very possibly. Very possibly. I'm being conservative. I'm being nice. I don't <laughs> want to come across a big-headed, blowhard, Newcastle, <laughs> and unreal expectations fan. No, no. But, you know, there's definitely um, 
points being left on the pitch. Mm. Uh, this weekend, one of them. Um, though again, I still still think that that line's been had his mate Dean look at me on the telly moment because Absolutely. if you made no sense that, that you when you see it, how yeah. he uses that flag, Andrew. Yeah. I'm sorry that but, to have a Chelsea fan turn to me and say, "Has he got a fiver on Crystal Palace?" Mm. As he's doing it, was quite. It was unexpected because this is a Chelsea fan who usually gives with gives with plenty of stick while he's sat in the bar while we're watching the watching the lads. Both and of them, so, both of Neil, both of them actually had a little bit of each other's shirt. And, and mm, another thing, mm. the ball was actually the ball was actually going over Ben Hegge's head. There was no way on God's earth he was well, getting on the end of that. Lee man, if you look at the eighty-first minute, um, the, the lad that came on as a substitute just about swapped shirts with. Uh, Mourinho, and it wasn't even given as a foul. Aye, aye, I know. And I'm the block, on, the block, the block on Lascelles' first half was more blatant yes. on the on the linesman's side. Well, the that would have been side. that would have been a wonderful block in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, and it was on the same side as that particular linesman who gave the foul. Absolutely, penalty. absolutely, mate. And then you look at the Liverpool game and the standard of officiating in there, but what is and isn't a penalty, <laughs> and Liverpool get one for. Um, you know, they, they, they get away with sort of um, things, and then then they're whinging about about what was quite frankly one of the most blatant swipes of a player's ankle I've seen in a long time, and they're whinging about was it or was it a penalty or not? And then we we've got this um, two two players involved in a, a physical battle. Um, who, who both got hold of each other's shit, and nobody's mentioned. Uh, they, one of their players handballed inside the box, and when after he claimed he hadn't handballed it, he's walking away shaking his wrist. Yeah, and you're like, I remember that first off. Yeah, <coughs> you know, and, and so there's, 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 we'll come back and come back again. And I, mean, I wrote something for the Sports Journal online out here about VAR and about video referee about how it can affect the game, and I have to say, it it. For me, the crux of the matter at the moment is we've, we've got a bunch of referees who are crap. I'm awful. <laughs> I thought last season would have took some topping, but they're definitely topping them this season. Lately, we, we had Mark Halsey on here last season, and everything. He, I think if you were to go back and listen to that show, he prophesied a lot of things about where referees mm, in England are going. I and, and I think a lot of the things he said come come true. You know, I, I, I'll be honest, he wasn't my favourite person. But until we had him on here that night, and we had mm. nearly two hours out with the lad, and he was mm. solid gold. And to be fair, he spoke a good, spoke a good, 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 good game. But there's definitely a schism in the quality. There's, there's something weird going on. Why did Clattenburg suddenly bug, bugger off to Saudi Arabia? Mm, yeah, and, what's going on there, yeah. and then he comes out in the papers and says, oh, yeah, well, for that game, we were going for the title and I changed my refereeing style because, you know, I didn't want to be the referee that affected the outcome of the Premiership. What? By letting the team get away with, you know, ridiculous fouls so they didn't, it didn't end up with nine, nine men on the pitch. You're having a joke, aren't you, son? It was, uh, it was, it was the way he walked. It was the way he walked down the um, back of the goal line, um, pulling... Doing a pretendy pull of the shirt like he was ripping someone's yeah. shirt off. I was I, just like, oh, there you are. That's one for the telly. Look at you. Look at you. I was yeah. furious in the house. Like I was like, mate, oh, mate, that, that was a def- definite Mike Dean moment. He had a little rush of blood to the head, and he's thinking, well, all eyes are on me, so I'm going to justify <laughs> myself. Um, you know, it, 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 it's pathetic. 
because <laughs> that same guy lets certain things go throughout the rest yeah, of that. the game. And the LaSalle one in particular. Level the LaSalle one. The LaSalle one in particular right in front of him. Right in front of you him. Know. It's a total body check. And he's the, looking the, right the at it. And there's no one. There was no one actually around him. LaSalle no. and him were isolated together. And if you look where that ball went, if LaSalle yeah. had been allowed to actually have a run in it. It went straight out, didn't it? Aye, went straight out. That's right, it did. Because LaSalle should have been there. Going to attack, aye, aye. You know, and, and, and it, 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 there's an absolute level, a chronic level of inconsistency in officials in our Ah, You don't mind it if, they give it. if you give that every week, fair enough. I don't mind. Yes. I don't have a problem, but when, you, when but the, do we feel, we feel penalised because it's just happened to us, because it never bloody happened. It, it's they don't give them every week, but equally within the same game they don't give them all. I no. don't mind a bad referee if he's consistently bad. At least you know what you're going to get off him. Mm-hmm. If he's consistently making the same decisions, and even when you didn't agree with them, if they're consistent, you'll, you'll judge every game the same way. It's when they do things like this where you just think, "Oh, you're just making it up as you go along." <laughs> and then, and then, then in the Liverpool Spurs game, you've got a referee now. It's come out has turned around the fourth official and said, what have you seen on the TV? <laughs> when it's not a game you're allowed to use VAR in. I believe he said he didn't. He said he didn't. Yeah, know he, said he, did, yeah, yeah. he did. He said he, you heard him say he didn't know. So basically that meant the two of them guessed. Yes. You can't do that. He was right. You can't. But you can't say that. Yeah, absolutely And as right. for the you golden boy guess. diving on the, on the first penalty, I bet he doesn't get a res- respective ban. He should have about 17 game ban this season then. Look, there's, t- there's two of them. I- I'm telling you now, Deli Ali one day is going to wind somebody up so much he- he- that lad's going to lose his nose. I mean, he- 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 there's one day somebody's going to get a six or a seven match ban for flattening the kid. He- he's, a- he's a right little piece of work. And if he was ever- anything other than an England golden boy, he'd be getting the sticky right he deserves. It's he's just shocking, isn't it? What he's-, what he's doing, it's just shocking. He seems hey, man. To- it's hey, not man, sinking in, is it? Hey man, what did you call me hide yourself over yesterday? Harry Kane on that first penalty was mm-hmm. a disgrace. It was about a ten point five for the dive. <laughs> and the, the big thing is you'll probably you'll not get banned, you watch. There'll be no even I don't think there's been any chat about it to be perfectly honest with you. Because he should have been given a three game ban at the start of the season for literally decapitating Lejeune. The thing is I watched uh, when I, when I when I when you see the penalty, it's it's a difficult one because he gets the ball first. But essentially, does the keeper take does the keeper keeper take him down? Who? And I, it, yeah, because it looks like he Ooh. just went over his hand. It's it's like he's not his hands not actually on his foot. It's he looks like he's putting his feet there to make sure he gets taken down. He got the ball. He got the ball past him, Andrew. Then just went wee. Yeah. Well, we'll bring in the next guest this evening, coming from Dallas, Texas, and that's Chris Perry. Good evening, Chris. How are you? Uh, good evening, guys. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. Obviously, you're probably watching the Super Bowl last night, and uh, like like myself, until the early morning hours, but early for you there. But um, it, it seems like the the person that stole the show was the New York Giants with their fabulous ad, which I thought was quite good. Yeah, they basically yeah that, that was the that was the talking point was huh? was the was the was the commercial. But uh, no, it was cool. It showed. I mean, it, you know, it showed the the guy that. Uh, that was the you know the quarterback that everyone thought was going to be you know going to be the man gets injured and the backup comes in and you know leads them all the way. But uh, mm-hmm. guys, I'll tell you one thing. I woke up just I woke up just absolutely thrilled to read 
uh, was that's Mark Douglas's you know, piece on the on the comeback, you know, on the four <laughs> four draw. That was just that was fantastic. I woke up this morning before uh, you know getting ready for work, getting my coffee, and it, that was the perfect way to start the day. Was reading that uh, that piece with all the guys, and it, it, I thought it gave some great insight with you know with some some with the, the players talking about how because we knew that they weren't they were not sometimes not pretty to watch. But uh, they they all got stuck in and got a job done, and it, it, I thought it gave great insight into how Newcastle was relegated shortly thereafter because they got rid of all those guys that uh, would get stuck in. Yeah, and Chris, when he, Chris and Chris, it was another example of uh, Mike Ashley not liking his authority being challenged because he decided to screw all the people over who just tried mm-hmm. to try to um, challenge his authority. The manager, the captain, Joey Barton, every single one of them removed. Um, oh, he did. I remember he sent. Remember he sent. Remember he sent Bartman. He, I mean, he sent Barton packing with like on a free on a free transfer. Yeah. Like, Another example. You know, zero dollars. See you challenged. later. Oh but, yeah, it was. Uh, a, yeah, I think it, it, it was a shame. It was a shame, but it was a great day. And I think uh, you know, Teote is always going to forever live in our memory from that. And it was a shame oh. because remember he had a couple of he Capel had a, he had a couple other chances to score goals. Remember the one against Man City. That uh, was a handball that they didn't even call or something like that. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was offside. A couple more yeah. allegedly yeah. interfering with Joe Hart's view, <laughs> but he wasn't. No, uh, it wasn't. Yeah. Even ten keepers wasn't safe enough. No, but it, it really was extraordinary, guys. Because you know, you know, you know me in the states. This was seven years ago. Okay, this was before Twitter. This was before, before Facebook. This is like nowadays, and and you guys, uh, Andrew will tell you right now. Soccer's huge in the United States, so you can't not know what happened, even though it's over. Even though it's over in the UK, we know every result, we know every score, we know every goal score. It's it's the news. But seven years ago, you could go a whole day without even knowing who what happened over there. You know, so you know, what happened, you know, at St James's Park. So I was able to to wake up. You know, wait, I didn't wake up in time to watch the match, the Arsenal match. And I, I think I started like two or three hours late, but there was nothing, no one told me anything. I had no idea what had taken place. And I kind of had gotten the habit that year of as soon as Newcastle had given up a goal, it would tick me off. I would just kind of fast forward through the match on the DVR <laughs> until Newcastle either scored the tie or yeah. they lost, and I Damn just wouldn't be mad the rest of the yeah. day. So, so here's the deal. So, so the first goal goes in, and the second goal goes in, and the third goal. But, but for some reason, I didn't – I, I didn't turn it off. I didn't delete it. I didn't fast forward. I was they were down four nothing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is awful. But I just I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch it and you you can you can ask my wife the scream that I let out <laughs> in my living room when Teote scored that goal. I'm surprised the cops weren't called. You know, this was like around you know, nine or ten in the morning. It was you know, oh, I remember ten or eleven it was the happiest I've ever been about a tie in my life. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It, it felt like a, it felt like a win. It felt like a win. And I really, I remember I hit the ground. I remember I went face first into the carpet in front of the TV because I thought that uh, I thought Nolan was about to score and win it five four. Remember he just missed it, mm-hmm. like he just chested it past her. And I mean, I was I almost fainted at that point. I was just so happy. I was deliriously happy. I haven't been that happy. The, the only time I can remember freaking out that bad after a goal. Was when um, when Cisse scored in the Euro in the European Championships. Remember on the fun, with the header at the very end. Was it the header or was it a one timer to uh, you know to you know the oh, Chelsea, Newcastle into the quarter 
No, 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 no. Remember in Euro, oh, in Euros. Uh, against, remember uh, against that team, against that team from was it Portugal or Russia? I'm not sure, but I mean, they, it was to get them to the quarterfinals, and I just went nuts. You know, I went nuts, and my and my in-laws are looking at me like, oh my dear God, who my who is my wife married? Yeah, who is my daughter married? <laughs> but uh, but it was it was great. It was great. It 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 brought back all those good feelings. I haven't read it to be honest with you. Know. Yet, but I've been too busy with this. But thing is that I think when it comes to what you know, what you kept that I think what you summed up really is 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 what it's like to be a Newcastle fan. We we cling we cling to everything in every in every single performance. And I think when it comes to the past and the players that have come and the the players that will continue to come with Newcastle, I think um, the, you know it it won't it doesn't take much for the for a, a real strong team to be to be put on that pitch and a, a team and an academy. Uh, of local players to be given their chance, but but to have the right setup at Newcastle, I think obviously until until there's a change and uh, with with the owner, um, we're, we're going to be always looking for what's happened previously. So it, it's yes, it was nice. It's nice to, to 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 wake up and read what uh, he said, and um, but it's interesting as well when you when you when you hear from um, uh, Kevin Nolan normally. It's it's a if it's a iffy situation because sometimes he he, he seems to they, a lot of pe- players who leave Newcastle come back talk about Newcastle in a in a skewed light. He, he he's made a few comments lately about um, Newcastle United and uh, you know we can't go back. We, we with Newcastle we have to go forward and I think um, you know uh, when it when it comes to the new deal that's coming out quite soon with Newcastle, um, I think and, until there is a change, um, you know. These you can imagine what's going to happen on on Sunday when Newcastle play Man United, which is now a massive game every week now with Newcastle. United, it's the pressure is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But the, the good thing is, there's so many other teams down there with with us now. Uh, Neil, it's it's mm. very it it's, it makes us it makes you. I wouldn't say it's a comfort black, but it's not just you win you lose one game. Well, you still got a chance of be not being in that uh, bottom three uh, every week. Like we said at the start with with, the, with the, if you look at how the league live league change tables change, sometimes you can be losing and still go up. Mm. It makes it, it, it is there are ten teams I think going to be involved in this to the last two weeks of the season. It's going to be that tight, tighter than the tightest notch chuff. <laughs> I, yeah. I think we need all need to all um, strap ourselves in because it's going to going to be one hell of a ride. This I'm telling you now, mm. it's going to change weekly. You're going to be forming one week and you're going to be on the moon the next. So I think that's the like interesting thing. When I was reading these... stuff yesterday, people were quite negative after the game. Well, I was saying negative, and I'm thinking, how am I? And I say, this is a decent point. Is it actually is a decent point? I think everyone was still hung up about what happened against Burnley, but we are picking up points here and there. If we can just change that point into three points, which I think we're capable of doing because we are making chances, but we're missing them. And that's the thing. If I'm, if we're not making chances, and I'm not seeing us making chances, I'm thinking, well, we haven't got a chance to stay up, but we are making chances. I think the, probably the, the one thing I liked was the, the, the lad Kennedy. It's funny, isn't it, when uh, Rafa is bringing signed people that he wants into the team, uh, Chris, at, at least you can see that the quality that, that, is, uh, that, is, that he's bringing in, isn't he? 
what he's yeah, allowed he was, to. He, he, he was uh, he was fantastic, and of course, once he once he went out of the game, you could tell that there was a a severe drop in quality, especially going forward. You know, mm-hmm. for Newcastle, I uh, it's they just seem like I mean, you talk about hanging on for dear life. I mean, the one thing I do like though is they showed a battling performance. I mean, yes, we all know that that was that was not a penalty kick. There's no doubt, but. Compared to what happened afterwards, I mean, I was thrilled to get out of there with a draw. I just absolutely was thrilled. I mean, it was – I mean, Zaha was – he was just destroying. Mm, every uh, time he had the ball, didn't side. he? Every time he had the ball. It was just I – mean, he was he was exactly – he was kind of like what Ben Arfa was for Newcastle. He was just that really great creative player. I thought Shelby was good at times, but I thought too many times he tried the ridiculous pass – which I know Steve said on, has, has complained on here several times. He, I don't know. I wasn't sure. The guy that I just I'm, – guys, I can't believe this. I think he may grow into being one of our best players is Diame. I mean, oh, Diame yeah, made a couple mistakes. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Get me, don't get me wrong. But Diame did such a good job against Burnley as a passer, as the guy that kind of controlled – you know, control the game and really, really fed the ball. It was interesting to see that. I was like, golly, I wonder if Diame could actually be that guy that we, you know, we've been waiting on because he can play a pretty good pass. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was night and day. It was night yeah, Chris, and day yesterday. You know, Chris last, brings up an interesting point, uh, uh, Neil, and then mm. then to to Lee. I must admit, the, the the player that we want him to be, he's not been there. But all of a sudden, bang, crash, bang, wallop. He's the he's, he's the best player on the pitch, and and I don't know what's happened to Richie. Richie needs to just go on vacation or something like that. I mean, he just is completely he's, he's completely rubbish yesterday again. Off, I the, off the pace yeah. and off what what he provided. I mean, even when he sets up for free kicks, you're not even worried anymore. Remember last year in the championship, every time he set up for a free kick, you expected the net to bulge. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's been it's it's been interesting. Man, U's going to be fun because Slimani, you know, Slimani, hopefully will give. I feel bad for Gale. I mean, Gale tried. Gale gave nothing. It was like it was eleven on ten. It was unbelievable how little Gale provided for Newcastle in that match. And I don't know if it's because of his size. I don't know if he was frustrated. I don't know if it was what Rafa told him to do, to always be up there and give a, he'll give a target player. But it just seemed like the only thing I remember Gale doing the whole match, I think, is when he won one of those free kicks. Then when he got crushed in the first half on a header because he never can jump up and actually head the ball, that was the only thing I remember. Yeah, he seems to be, he seems to be anonymous, Neil, doesn't he? Like when it comes to Gale lately... He's definitely lost something. You thought yesterday. I, th- I thought yesterday he would have given, given. He would have given a really good performance, really on the, really on, leading the line quite well. And it's, it's, you know, what does it take to get this guy going? Uh, good question. And if you if you had it, you could bottle it and give it to a couple of other players and all. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? It's, 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 like you know, yeah. It, it just seems, you know, uh, like he decided. I, if he decided to work as hard as Jocelyn is, he'd score goals. Because like I said earlier, Andrew, Jocelyn's actually getting in positions to score goals, but he's not mm-hmm. taking them. Dwight Gill's not even doing that. You're not working hard enough, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And that, that for this particular team and squad is criminal because I don't know what's happening to him. I don't know if it's just confidence, but every time something doesn't seem to go his way, he's soaking around the pitch, man. Can't afford that. Can't afford that. There's space in behind. We are creating chances. He's missed quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, certainly the home game against... Um, well, Swansea, I think. Um, so he needs to get his head up. 
Hey, uh, Steve, Steve, a, a Yozy too. A Yozy looks like I don't know what's yeah. happened to him. He yeah. is he has not played very not well. A striker, is he? And, 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 and unfortunately, it's it just shows up so much more now because the matches mean so much more. So we're really looking at who's not who's not there. Yeah, it's not like oh, okay, well, this is a one-off match. Well, there's no such thing as a one-off match. I mean, Newcastle has to collect points from every single possible match. If they don't, then they better get more victories. You know, I, I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, well, if they keep tying everybody, they almost can get to forty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and, and if they get the occasional victory, then that'll definitely put them at forty. I mean, if I have no problem with them drawing with every single person they play, if that's what it takes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's one thing you will say about Rafa. Is, yeah, I'm, and you know, and knock, gentlemen, I'm having wood. a problem with the line now. I don't know what's going on with this line. and I've, I can All I can hear is crackling lately, but um, uh, it might be working now, but it keeps on going off. But I, I don't think it's uh, Neil's issue in Dubai. I think it's um, kind of... I think um, I think because of the problem with the, with, Joe's, with, with the strikers, you know, with Rafa being... You know, tied behind his, you know, front and legs being tied. Um, you know, you would you would hope a game against Man United would uh, would um, you know you you could see a really good performance because I think um, you can imagine for some I can you can see the three players that that, that were brought in. It's going to be I think you know I think we'll be, he'll, he'll have a nice fresh link to it because I think he'll definitely drop. Um, I think he'll definitely drop uh, uh, Darlow for for Saturday. What do you think, Lee? Um, not sure about the goalkeeper, but I, I, would, imagine, gone. I would imagine. Uh, who's there? Is anybody there? Or? That'd, be, that'd be kind of yeah, that'd be kind of brutal. That'd be kind of brutal. You know, drop him. That'd be kind of. I don't know if he'll drop him. To be fair, uh, Chris mm. uh, uh, Kennedy. I think Kennedy, and I think I think if Samani's fit, I don't know if Rafa will risk him. I don't know if he'll be on the bench. It depends how he trains this week, to be perfectly honest with you. But then again, a mm. 70% fits Lamani. Mm. Um, given what Gail and, Gail and um, <clears throat> Jocelyn were giving us, although, like I said, Jocelyn was working hard, maybe maybe he's worth a punt. I, I, I agree with Neil, what Neil said before. I don't believe there's anything to fear from Man United. Come to St. James's. They haven't got really a lot to play for. They're going to finish in the top four, I think. They've probably got their eyes on the Champions League and whatever cups are left in. So, nothing to fear. Yeah, I think but the problem the, 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 the problem think, with Man United right now is Alexi Sanchez. Alexi Sanchez would like nothing more than to turn Newcastle over. I mean, oh, you know, normally, normally yeah. that's, 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 what, that's what worries me. I mean, I'd, I could see a three or four nothing hiding. No, at, uh, no, at St. James's no. Park if, 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 they yeah. don't, if they don't, if they don't stay on Sanchez. Mm. Yeah, I think it's. I think when it comes to weekend, I think, I think. Do you think uh, Neil on the weekend will be? He'll put all three signings uh, that we've he's brought in uh, on display. Good question. I think if if the strikers fit, he'll play, and I think if the keeper is had a good week, he'll play. Um, Kennedy will start. Kennedy will start. Yeah. Because, oh well, I mean, Kennedy will he, definitely start. Um, I think he's looked quite. A, Quite an exciting signing, so yeah, mm. why not? I, I don't see why we've got no to lose. No, that's I true. I mean, we really have to. You really have to be prepared to kind of get maximum points in every match, no matter who the heck you're playing. I mean, be a hell of a, be hell of a. I must be. I think it's set up for a, be a very interesting game. I, I think um, 
but I think it will be. I think Rafa will set up. He'll set it up with the three new players. But is it? Do you think it's harsh on Dala, uh, Lee? What if he? I, I think. I, I don't think. I, I think he's done quite well since he's been in the side. Mm. I, I, but then again, he's been he's been good though, guys. But yeah, Lee, he doesn't seem like he he doesn't. But he doesn't command the box, man. How many mm. times do you want him to go and just take the? Freaking ball, you know. Just make sure. I mean, I, some of those, some of those chances that, some of those chances that they almost scored on, they should never have been chances. I mean, Darlo should have commanded it and taken. You know, just take. Say what you want about Shea Given and uh, Harper. Mm-hmm. The guys were kind of small, but they commanded the box, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they would go get the ball. Apparently, this goalkeeper, this goalkeeper's better with his feet. <laughs> We were saying something about him being comfortable on kicking. Of course, that's not like that's that. not much harder to be better than Darlow with your feet. No, he's kicking. <laughs> well, that's him and Rob Elliott. Him and Rob Elliott's uh, kicking this season was been absolutely atrocious. And it's clear Rafa wanted a goalkeeper. So, Andrew, you're probably right, Andrew. He's probably going to make a change. Um, but he's going to have to do I think it's set up, I think, because I, I did hear that, um, you know, Rafa afterwards mentioned the fact that the keeper is ready. And, probably. Um, I he think the fact that he's a big he's a big keeper as well and he's got a bit more leg in him. Um, I think because of the last two performances, it'll be it's going to be a very hard decision because you can imagine would, playing that young man and, and well, sorry, he's twenty nine years of age. Isn't he? You would imagine Andrew that he would, that he probably wants the keeper to have a good seven days with his back yeah. ball before chucking him in. Yeah, I agree. Which he's going to get. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about next week. There's no game. There's no game this week, so. Until Sunday, so I think uh, I don't think mine. I'm not sure if mine have got a game, but um, the thing is they've got such a great squad, and um, probably the one player like Pogba has been playing that well. But I'm sure he'll come back into the team next week. But that's the thing they've got so they've got so many players they can bring in, and it's, you know the one game you have to win is going to have to be that game because you know the, I think Neil mentioned that there's so many games coming up. Uh, you've got a lot of the top, a lot of the teams in the top four. You know, that's the problem with Newcastle. Every game, the home games, where we've won nothing since October. It, we need to you be, know, the fans need to be on top of this lot from the off on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely on top of Man United from the off. The, Man, games against Man United certainly when Kevin Keegan was here used to stir up passion within the crowd. So mm. yes, the crowd will turn up on Sunday, um, probably not necessarily expectant. But if we stay in the game with Man United, hit them with a few hard tackles, get the crowd involved, I don't see why not. I totally agree with what Neil said earlier. These aren't, these aren't the team that they used to be. They're, they are vulnerable. Look at them. You've seen them this season, home and away. Man United fans aren't necessarily happy with the, play football, the way they play football this, these days. I'm, I'm not concerned about playing Man United like I used to be in the past, even with this team who has its limitations. I think why not? I don't see any reason. I would be more concerned. I know. I know they're not above Man United. The likes of Arsenal, who move, move manipulate the ball so well mm. that Man United, if Arsenal come and they're on their take and just rip you apart, I don't think Man United do that. Yeah, I think they'd be the. I think you know with with them. I think they seem to have got over excited at the fact that Sanchez has come into that team and uh, yeah, he, he scored. I think he scored uh, his first game. A game didn't he? But I think um, you know Man United are in a situation now they're playing catch up with the rest of the league, so you know they'll they'll definitely be pushing us on on Sunday. It'll be an open game because every game at Newcastle 
lately has been an open game and and you can imagine yes Salmani will come in I think I think all three players will come in to, to start the game and uh, you know I've got a I've got a funny feeling Salmani will will have a chance early and uh, that will set up for the whole game but you know it, with Newcastle it's not just we can't essentially the way we're playing Neil it's like we it's, you know, you, we're going to need two goals no matter what because we can't seem to, you know, keep out uh, the, the, mm. the, the second... Like, well, we can't yeah. seem to be able to uh, hold on to a lead. Can I close a game out? Yeah. That would do seem to be shaky when it comes to doing something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, even no, yesterday... No, no, you're right. That's that's one thing that's been the big thing about this year, guys. And, mm. and, and you said Neil and Andrew and Steve, you guys are right on the money. They have. They do not know how to hang on to a lead. They just don't. It's. It is. It is just sixes and sevens, and you're and you're just praying that the other team forgets where the goal, it, goal yeah. is. Because yeah, it's. It does seem like who was the team? Who was the team that went to St. James's, and they took a lead. They were down there with us, and they took a lead, and they just sat on it. And it was. They basically just. They just strangled the life out of Newcastle at home, and Newcastle couldn't even do anything against it. And then the game was over. I think it was Everton. Yeah, they showed they showed you it was it was infuriating watching them just take the air out of the ball. But that's what you're that's what you have to do. <laughs> you know that's that's what a good team does. And for some reason, even with Rafa Benitez's coach, for some reason Newcastle cannot do that right now. I don't know if it's the defending. I don't know if it's the midfield play. I don't know if it's this everyone waiting for the other shoe to drop, and they're freaking out. But it doesn't seem like they have the composure. To, to I mean, they've had the lead in the second half of so many matches mm. and have given it up. It's crazy. Mm. I think that's... that's. I think, when, Lee, when it comes to the, the big games, normally when the big games come on, Newcastle seem to come out their shell and, you know, we're at home, you know, getting the faces of Man United. It, it shouldn't be beyond the, the possibilities with, with the team being strengthened the way it is that uh, we can give them a game on uh, on Sunday. I think it's a, I think it's a great game. Our person, you know, this is the reason why we're talking about it. You know, you want to play in these games. You want to play Man United at St James's Park. I've got a lot of fun memories about playing Man United at St James's Park. Um, like I said, I know one thing: the team will do. The team will go out. It'll be well prepared. It'll be well organised. <clears throat> well, hopefully, we'll get in their faces. We'll try and press them high. Like I said, I, I don't believe this Man United team is as good on paper as everyone thinks it is. Um, I, I still think they're a massive work in progress under Mourinho. If we can stay in the game, keep it tight, stay in it, get the crowd involved. I can't see any reason why we can walk out the game without losing the game. It'll be nice to keep a little bit of momentum, even if it does result in another point. Another point is better than not picking up a point. As many a times this season, Chris, uh, Chris has just touched on the Everton game. We should have picked up a point that night. We should have picked up a point against Bournemouth. We should have picked up mm. points in a couple of other games, which would have seen us a little bit higher in the table. So, you know, it's a fantastic game. It's a great game. You know, everyone expect if you're looking at games on paper and games where you think you're going to pick up points, maybe it's not this one. But football doesn't work like that. That's the beauty of it. Nobody would have predicted Swansea would have beat Arsenal and Liverpool back to back. In two home games at their their own place, so it happens. So we've just got to go into it with confidence, get behind the lads, and you never know. Yeah, I agree. On that Neil? note, hey, on hey, on that note, I will sign off. I don't think I could have said it any better than my better myself. 
Guys, Thanks, Chris. I appreciate Thanks, it as always, and uh, I thought that's the best way to sum it up, guys. Exactly. I Thanks, look Chris. To appreciate it. You guys on Monday. Yeah, Thanks, I won't be here, so I'm, Neil might be having the show on Monday, so I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Chris. All right, sounds good. Talk. Cheers, bye-bye. mate. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Where, where, where are you going, Andrew? I'm going to Australia. Yeah, God, you haven't mentioned it. Like, I've not seen you mention it anywhere. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to tell everybody. Was, it, was that when he was quiet about going to Germany? <laughs> <laughs> well, my final guest this evening is, uh, tonight, I think, by looks, oh, he's gone off, he's come back again. My fellow guest this evening is John. Yeah, Good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, mate. I just had problems with my phone, but I'm switched back off, back on again, and it's working great. Good stuff, because I've had a dodgy one all night, this line, but um, so it's, it's not Neil, actually, this tonight. It's actually my system, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, So tell me, what was, you, what was your thoughts from a pretty big week for Newcastle United? Uh, it, it seems to be going from sublime to ridiculous, but we, you know, at the end of the day, we've got two points out of it. Um, don't make me point. I'd say even to other guys, Neil, Lee, and Chris. Hello. Yeah, Hello. I can still, I can hear you. But like, right. uh, what did you what did you think of the week? Uh, the the performances and obviously the the fact that um, you know we we kind of you know if if you had saved that penalty and you had saved that in that that bit of a disaster during the week when the ball went off off his hands again we could have mm. potentially had six points absolutely I mean it's just it's just our luck isn't it really mm. I mean you've got the mistakes from Daru right and you've got um, the corner the corner which wasn't was even a corner and also I mean the assistant referee yesterday right um what's again getting, getting into the act he just want to be um he just want to be like um a, a tension sick that sort of thing you know it's just having a lot of luck really like yeah it, it, i think uh, that's the, the problem lately is is the fact that we haven't had enough quality on the pitch yeah and now and now even though he had to physically beg for it didn't he that uh you know the the, the play the three players he got in but the disappointing thing is that not getting that player in from that Jorgensen, especially when everybody made a big song and dance that it was 20 million when it wasn't, it was 15. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Bayern wanted 22 million anyway. And um, let's put it this way if we had played on Wednesday, I think he would have scored one of them anyway, or even Slamani, or one of them would have scored from the penalty. But, um, you know, I didn't think Oslo like confident when he took the spot kick. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he had the courage to take it. But he just did not seem confident. And once he missed that penalty, I just think, you know what, I think his head will drop and it's proved. He had, he had a couple why would of you pick, why would you, To me, why would you pick up the ball and you're not confident about hitting it? What's the point of picking up the ball? Mm, I don't get it. Doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't no, make sense at that sort of thing. You no, know, it's just, like fair enough, Harry Kane missed. Fair enough, yes, Harry Kane missed yeah. one, but he took it again and he scored a, you know, in a, a great penalty. But... But watching, watching, you think it's Joselu, that's the problem, isn't it? Well, always, uh, maybe it's trans, transmitting to him, Lee, but uh, when you, mm. you know, the fact that New, Newcastle fans aren't confident in him, uh, oh. and he's, the confidence mm. from himself just obviously isn't coming through, but he shouldn't pick up the ball if he's not, if he's not confident to take not, it. But I'll, have, I'll tell you what, there was nobody else picking the ball up, by the way, not one of them, not one of them was picking the ball up, so at least he had the brass balls to pick it up. Absolutely. I must admit, totally I, must admit I did. I must admit, I did turn to me and say, if he misses here, that this is the end of him. This is literally the end of him. 
And I was thinking, please score for God's sake, son. But there was no one else putting the ball up, by the way, Andrew. Not one of them. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to say. Look at you know, so... Lee, Lee, I'll come in a second, guys. Like I mean, actually, Lee, Lee, what you just said there, mate, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was just in just absolutely gutless sort of thing. They want to take the penalty. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, at least he had the courage to give it a go, but he didn't seem confident. But they just, they just don't want to take responsibility, do you know what I mean, in case the, the fans get on their back. Mm. I know. Yeah, and but that, that, the thing is, that it's not a question of getting on their back. I think it's, you know, it's, you know, you know winning breeds confidence and uh, the fact that we haven't won since October, you know, the fact, even though we, we took a late lead, like, you know, the, the, it's, those are the games when you take a late lead, you, 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 you end up, you know, seeing the game out and, like, watching, when I saw the, the how it went in, Oh, it was terrible. And plus, he he could have saved it. Yes, he made a great effort to to get it, but to get two hands the ball, and it's 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 hit low. He's he's gone low, and he's he's basically it's been a double deflection off his hand, isn't it? Unbelievable. Oh, he should have saved that. Oh, he, he got two hands to it yesterday. It shouldn't have been a penalty in the bloody first place. But, you know. It was a soft penalty, mind. It was a really soft penalty. We'll, not get, we'll not get them. We'll not get them kind of penalties, John. I'm telling you that now for a fact. Absolutely, and you know why they won't get them, Lee? Because they just they just don't like Newcastle United. And when it comes to Newcastle United, right, they don't give a monkeys about us, right? The press, the media, the pundits, they don't care about us. Do you know what I mean? But I tell you something. I hope we stay up this season, right? And you know what? We're going to say. Stop you lot, we're staying up and we're gonna keep our far for next season as well. <laughs> no, no, we should get bitter we should get a bit we should get bitter grim sooner, Spock. Jesus Christ, you're hearing it. <laughs> oh, oh man. We wonder this guy hasn't had a job since Newcastle United but somehow plucked themselves a job at Sky Sports. It was unreal <laughs> yesterday, him. <laughs> Always the same, I'm isn't he? I think he's doing I think he's doing this to wind us up, man. He's doing this <laughs> to wind us up. He, he the funny thing is, right, he didn't even, he said 56,000 stadium. Is that what he said? 56,000? It's 52,000, Graham. Not 56,000. I think it's all about West Ham United here. He's a moron. A moron. He is, isn't he? He is. I mean, this is a fellow manager. He couldn't get the job done in Newcastle, right? To get that job, talking, saying about, sticking up for uh, Mike Ashley. Oh, my, saying that he must have known how much money he was going to get. Honestly, I'm not being funny, but I think Rafa is being absolutely shafted there. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks so much, gentlemen. Obviously, the show, it's now five past eight, so I've got to end the show. Thanks so much for being uh, on, on the show every tonight, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk in either. I think Neil might have the show next week, and we'll we'll be able to chat with him because I'll be away for a couple of weeks. So, thanks so much for tonight, gents. We'll catch you another time, okay? Thanks Enjoy a lot. Australia. Cheers, lad. Cheers, lad. Cheers, lad. Cheers, lad. Cheers, lad. Cheers, lad. Bye-bye. Enjoy your Australia. Cheers, mate. Thank you.